Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, internet? Uh, I can't say it anymore. I can't say it. All right, we're in your What's head now, good, Rob. Internet. <laughs> it's that you know what it is. This Do it is in the baby voice, radio. Rob. Then, then you, you just got to warm up Why? your muscles. Natalie started the pod for us. This is the beginning of the pod now. This is I'm Rob Zachary, <laughs> and uh, joining us today is uh, Patrick Kleppet. And, strong uh, vibes uh, of like P- producer <laughs> Cardo, a little bit of and, Adam uh, Sandler yep. in your, yeah. your, your, your version of no, don't tell me I'm Adam Sandler. That's so <laughs> crazy. You're in the cobbler now. Fucking cursed. <laughs> Isn't that one of his? Fucking That's the one where no. he makes shoes, right? The cobbler. But what? Yeah. Well, what? Adam Sandler's like hello. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what? I don't recognize. That's different I'm from baby voice. Hang on. There's a movie where he's a cobbler. <gasps> yeah. That's not the Zohan movie, right? No. No, that's a, he's a no. hairdresser. No, that's in that him one. as a. Okay. A terribly terrible. Adam Sandler. What a what a what a yeah, journey. The, co- the he's cobbler had as an actor. A fantasy drama from. Uh, <laughs> uh, a fantasy? Um, a fantasy? Is he Dan an Stevens, elf? Steve Buscemi. Are there uh, wizards the in Cobbler it? Cobbler is a 2014 <laughs> American magical realism comedy drama filmed uh, by uh, Tom McCarthy and co-written by McCarthy and Paul Sato. Um, okay. The film was panned by critics and was box office bomb. <laughs> they just didn't get the nuances of the <laughs> magical realism. <laughs> Yeah, how do we think that <laughs> but one's look, holding Jared, up? Jared uh, Mubarak of the film stage gave the film a positive review, noting, quote, it embraces its silliness to warm hearts, and uh, he praised a method man in particular for his performance. So, you you know, know, I love it yeah. when oh. movies just warm hearts. Uh, I think a lot of times people think movie's not good, but it's heartwarming, and uh, that's just fine. That makes the closest, sweet. The closest thing to a crossover with uh, our tastes is uh, the cobbler was discussed extensively on the October 22nd episode of Chapo Tramp House, during which the film was largely panned by the show as host. Not even sure why that's a note note in the Wikipedia entry for a 2014 <laughs> film, but, uh, you know. Perfect. Great. Uh, so much has happened since then. Uh, but yeah, for the record, Natalie, I think it's when you got confused about where the baby talk does the W sound. I think that's where it started to yeah. tip in the Sandler. Like you got to set your yeah, your he's rule gotta and stand con- by it. But mm-hmm. if you just start like, yeah, because because he Thank just starts for, like putting mm-hmm. on that affect on everything. At that point, you are in Sandler. Town. Yes. Uh, yes. Thank you for the feedback so, on my baby voice. Um, I will do much better next time. I promise. Off to a great start already. See, I love I love to hear that. Uh, speaking of great starts, though, 
we are just dominating inscription. Oh my Everyone's god. Everyone's like, man. We are so we are good at game. inscription. No, 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 no. Inscription wasn't ready for us. We are I mean, two things like, can be true. Everyone two was like, can be true. Everyone was uh, like that. You you will fail. You will you there is you will, there is an automatic lose. Like you will we're like we're gonna beat the game the first run. We are gonna beat the game the first run. They're like, no, there's like a must fail. Like there's a forced <laughs> lose scenario. And Q, we're like Q dark Q dark Q dark souls NPC laughing noise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kato was like, it's a roguelike deck builder. I'm like, where's the roguelike? All I'm doing is building a deck and it's built to win. You know, honestly. I'm I'm genuinely like the uh, the fact that you like each boss has sort of a a, a hook. Well, what am I actually asking? But like in theory, like the game's loop is supposed to be like you get there. You don't understand the loop. You lose. You come back and one of the cards tells you, hey, keep an eye out on like this, this little, you know, unique feature of of this boss. Um, And uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Like the the fact that you made it past the angler is that's good i mean yeah i i'm not super shocked because a lot i think this game has like broadened out like the the like some of the people who are playing it aren't as well versed in like natalie's magic experience is paying off in spades like her abilities i watched part of your your stream (laughs) and i was like damn like you're just reading the cards and i don't mean like reading them i mean like reading how they work in a set of systems and should be used i was like uh unfair advantage you're smart and know how these games work (laughs) and like a lot of this game you you know as we've discussed in previous podcasts like it, it, it encourages like being broken and you can get to those solutions faster if you have a foundational knowledge of how these games work. Um, but I think mm-hmm. a, a lot of the, you know, this game has hit in a way that it's getting folks like myself in who are like, oh man, I'm just getting fucking the wool pulled over my eyes because I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't, how do you know how to break something if you don't know where to aim the hammer um, yeah. is how yeah. I felt for the first couple hours of, of playing it. I'm curious if we, the last time before we had played inscription, you kept talking about like, okay, if you're having a hard time, like this is the thing that you need to know. Mm-hmm. Have we gone past that? I don't think you can even do it yet, right? No, like, you yeah. you cannot okay. even access it's the impossible. thing that yeah. we were saying is a okay, thing great. that people should ask us information on if they're stuck. Like you can't do it yet; it hasn't unlocked for you. Right, like part of the loop of the game is you you hit a wall, you start over. There are other things to do and things you accomplish in that other part of the game then feed back in to the roguelike part of it. And so it's just it's you just mm-hmm. we're just seeing how far y'all can get with that. Like, like if a game is column A and column B, how long can you successfully ignore column B? I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I I'm excited to see. Uh, Patrick, I'm all about that. You're always like, Rob, how do you miss that thing? Maybe it's just because I was so good I didn't need that thing. Well, that's wow. not not true of your not true in previous entries of the Rob Zachney missed a major game <laughs> mechanic canon because it, it usually fed into Isn't you it? complaining about a thing. Like, this fight is super hard. Like, I just I think the game is in balance properly. Did you not pick up the shield item that used to block oh. all those attacks? <laughs> and I and I contend I had a more more rewarding boss battle because I got so good at flying. Mm-hmm. That's not how, I, <laughs> not how I feel like you portrayed it at the time, but you know, time heals all wounds. Um, Rob Zachary's exactly the distance. only person I, on planet Earth who has gotten good at flying and control. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there can only be one. 
Um, I would I would love to set up the uh, automatic the, the the story of our inscription stream and and what we overcame in that um, in that stream that was seemingly impossible. But Rob and I are just geniuses, so we <laughs> just simply ascended beyond it. So what do you, I'm curious. Um, like, what do you actually, as someone that you know, part of the reason you're have been so successful so far at this like first run of the game is that mm-hmm. your ability to read the cards based on your knowledge of, of games like this. Like, I don't know. What do you make of it? Like, what do, what do you, what do you, what do you make of inscription and like the actual card game part of it? Um, the card game part of it is really fun. I mean, there are a lot of, um, mechanics that, um, are either like directly, um, I mean, not too directly pulled from, but like are mechanics that are in, uh, magic, the gathering, like, um, flying, like being able to like attack directly to your opponent um, and bypass like any enemies in front of you or um, some of the uh, like dub- like being able to double strike, being able to attack twice. So being able to just like recognize those verbs and immediately understand like how to use them. I would say was probably a bit of an advantage, but made me immediately comfortable and curious how they were going to subvert these kind of known verb, known card game verbs. Um, so I really appreciate it. I think the game is really fun. It's really surprising. Um, I like being, I think there's a sense of uh, expectation in uh, card games where you have a rule set and as long as you are following that and you don't like the only time I I feel like I've gotten the rug pulled out under me in Magic the Gathering is because I, f- I failed to notice something like something else that was happening as the game was going on. But inscription is like alive. It's pushing against you. And oftentimes it will just decide to put the rules aside and do something completely different. And that like. That element of surprise is really fun and feels fresh and compelling. It never stops. Like, I think my hour count was around 15. And again, want to say very little about where where like this game ultimately goes. But that feeling Mm -hmm. not only continues, but inarguably accelerates to to um, Mm -hmm. as as it as it goes forward. um, And the dynamics are, are shifted up in some pretty meaningful ways like. To, to the point where like I would um, and we'll do like a spoiler chat after, you know, both of you have have hopefully seen seen the end of this. Um, yeah. But because uh, I just so much of like the the just the fun is that surprise element. But there are points, Kato, and I can speak in, in the vaguest ways possible, like where things were changing so frequently that I was at, at, on one hand kind of frustrated because I uh-huh. felt I just got a handle yep. on, like how things yep. worked. And then on the other hand like surprised and delighted at like, wow. Okay. I get, we're doing this again. Mm-hmm. I, all right. Um, and then, you know, you'd settle in, you'd figure out, you know, how the box has changed for you. Um, and the, my, as the game went on, my ability to grasp that stuff, I could feel it like 
at a certain point, it's not that I became too powerful. Like I didn't have a deck that was OP, but I was just able to like identify things that, yeah. and learn enough, grok enough of the, the mm. card mechanics. I was like, ah, like I feel a little bit more how Kato feels where it's like, where <laughs> yeah. Natalie feels like I've gotten a feel for the space of this. Um, and I could see uh, moments that I could kind of like press that I definitely would not have been able to before and fumble. Um, and so I, like the, the skill, the skill, like the skill arc on this is I found very satisfying from from start to finish. I feel like that's one of the most successful things it pulls off over like the entire run is the way that it chooses to be surprising and change things is never so far out of left field that you're felt like you're left feeling uh, completely helpless. It's like, oh, this is a this is a twist on a thing that I can that I've already understood. And now I have to think about it slightly differently. But um it does a really great job of ramping up and teaching you new things like at a pace that is like both like fun and like keeps things fresh, but also like uh, surprising just because there's um there's a kind of like cadence that you think these sorts of games get into at a certain point where you're just doing runs and stuff and something about the structure of this one, which well, yeah. I will be more specific about. Um, allows it to uh kind of escalate and move past that in a really fun way um especially when you're looking at like what the genre is normally and how it how it ramps up and what those expectations are yeah i think uh the expectation of coming from something like magic the gathering uh and the way that you construct a deck in a game like that is you're trying to find specific wind win conditions like you're you're trying to find specific combos get specific cards on the board in order to like enact a an instant win scenario um and i like that and i think i came to inscription sort of thinking the same thing whenever we were getting new cards i was like okay how is this going to interact with the other cards in the in our deck rob like what powers can we like sacrifice to like buff other other cards and things like that um and the fact that we would end up in scenarios where all of that planning basically was rendered useless was really fun and exciting. And I just think that uh, the scissors item is a fun little, neat little <laughs> trick. I'm like, but now I'm like, I desperately need scissors. Like, I'm like, I think we can beat this fucking game if we just get yeah, scissors we can. at the right moment. We just need scissors <laughs> like, at the right time. I didn't realize, I thought that was a boss feature. Like, Kato, you blew my mind after the fact when you were like, the angler does not, by default, begin phase two by just sending a phalanx of grizzlies at you. No, yeah. Uh, When you were like, no, dude, like, his eyes turned red because Mm -hmm. you've won too many games, and Inscription tries to just kneecap you. Yep. And because of those scissors and the fact that, like, man, all you need to do, because your damage goes first, right? Yeah, you have initiative. We needed. Str- yeah, we just needed our little strange little larva lane. and our little Mothman oh so flew to the skies. So, the Mothman, he was so he was powerful so big. and strong, fucking great, great. He was car. so yeah, yeah. Excellent Those, video game. Strange larva ruled. I also have to say, um, I think the way this game successfully evokes a feeling of physical presence and like 
tactile sensations mm-hmm. in the play space. It is wild. Like other games have tried this. Like there's a lot of games that try to have a have a have a good feeling of like the setting uh for the game actually being like some sort of space that you're inhabiting. Um inscription carries it off incredibly well. Um everything has like a certain feeling of weight, uh a certain feeling of material based on the noises it makes. The, the sound the sound effects are yeah. like the, the sound like I mean everything about the aesthetics of this game are off the charts, but the the, the longer you spend with it and like I think a lot of what you're speaking to Rob is is the sound effects. Like the way the sound effects not only are recorded and edited, but like their implementation and timing is such that it, it really does. It's a game. Boy, I would have I would have killed to play this game in VR. Um, oh, my like God. Actually, actually physically picking up cards and playing that like would have been, you know, something else in like what they've already established in this world. But the fact that they it still feels that tactile with a a mouse um, is is really an underrated and kind of overlooked aspect because you just kind of like get into it immediately and sort of like the, the it immerses you in its setup, but like once you start peeling back the layers of like how they how they emotionally get you to that place, like it really is remarkable, especially relative to how many other you know games there are like this and how yeah. you know successfully it does this in um you know <laughs> this kind of like pseudo horror adventure whatever th- you know however you would describe the other things that are are going on in inscription. I think it makes some really smart choices about making you move the camera around with like when you look at your hand you have to hit s down to look down at your hand and then you can hit left to look at your items or right to look at your items right like the fact that you have to move the viewpoint that way where normally a lot of these card games is like a static view of the board yeah and you see your hand the whole entire time right like that really like makes it sink in and of course obviously the part where you can stand up from the table and look around at the rest of the room and there's things to do there helps with this but even just at the table the choice to like really make you move your head your like fake head around the space what uh really helps tie into that feeling of tactility that i think rob was saying getting at and i and it's it's not too much like it's not annoying yeah. right like i think yeah. if there were too much if they went too far in the direction where like you're constantly sort of like moving your head around to see like key pieces of information it might be too much but the way that like no, it 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 both at once allows the different in, like screens you're looking at to sort of stand apart and like really focus on the art, like really uh, present themselves legibly and expressively. Uh, but then you also pretty much always know where to go to do the next thing mm-hmm. uh, and where to like that feeling of when you're playing a board game with friends. When you sort of crane across the table yeah. and look at the board on the other side, mm-hmm. like that feeling is is so uncanny here. Or even uh, the so, choice, yeah, I am, the choice to not have like a menu that you open up to go look at your deck. You just hit up twice, and like you crean over and you lay out all your cards on on the table. It's just yeah, like yeah. I would just I rarely actually ended up referencing that screen because the game, you know, I didn't spend too much time thinking of like the larger metas of my deck because you're sort of like always in the moment, and as the game goes on, there are so many options to be switching things that you know but i would just click that up every once in a while just to just to hear the set like the laying of the car like yeah it's so good so i am like so excited to continue our run uh we left things on a cliffhanger um natalie's confidence <laughs> ran away with her uh natalie was like Fuck I- we don't even need to take the first turn 
Oh, so you, you, misplay, you misplayed a hand, right? Like you accidentally clicked the bell before playing I, the cards. If that, I believe that's what, what happened, right? Yeah. I, I, so the one thing that I'm still trying to wrap my head around in inscription is, is turn order and how that works. Because I keep getting confused that the back row, mm. the back, back row is like the preview of what they're going to do. So I mm-hmm. skipped our turn thinking that, <laughs> thinking that we that I was making a smart move because if I put stuff on the board then we were just going to lose those creatures and we would have but that would have been good because we would I don't know I don't know what my brain was thinking like for some re- like somehow I rationalized in my mind like we should not put anything on the board this first turn because we're going to lose it all and well, uh <laughs> I think we'd also gotten really into a conversation about what we intended to do. So it was like sort of the end of the little conference where it was like, all right, good plan, good plan. Bing. (laughs) And then I was like, wait. (laughs) Wait. That was like this game isn't so loose that you can just like it's not like if we'd switch to the black side in chess, right? Where it's like, look, it's still the same game. Like you need that for you need that priority. You need the initiative of that first move. Yeah, it, it can uh, all go wrong ex- ex- extremely fast. And like as the the arc of the game goes on, and you have a lot of complex uh, card attributes that can be in play at once. Like it is like the amount of times, even you know, hour thirteen, where I'm like, all right. I have thought I've taught I will I will talk out loud. This will do this. That will do that. Prompting this, allowing mm-hmm, me to do mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. and then um, forget one thing in the chain, hit the bell. And it's just like, <laughs> whoops, full card wipe, like six attack on me. I'm like, fuck. Um, and like that, that feeling that happens a lot in this game, but in like a really delightful way where um it's like it's really fun to start figuring out how all that stuff connects to one another and feel like you've you've like gotten one over on the game. And that's really a huge part of the brilliance of it is like you are the game wants you to get one up on it. Like it is constantly saying, like, solve solve this like little puzzle box you have in front of you and then solve my card. Wipe it away. Um, but it doesn't crucially you are still always building on top of the skills and knowledge that you have of how the game functions before it is just what it does like mm, to do a very waypointy thing um, mm. to compare it to dark souls uh, <laughs> is part of the reason I love bloodborne <laughs> was because the game explicitly said, Hey, a lot of things you know about how these games work are going to apply, but you cannot be a sword and shield guy. You have to be aggressive. You're going to have to play differently. Sekiro did the exact same thing. It's like, we're going to force you to, uh, to throw away the stuff that is you, you have fallen into with your habits because that works. and But you're also going to have an advantage if you know, you know, basic, you know the basic systems of the game. Like, that's that'll help you, but you're going to need to try a new approach or else you're going to fail. And that's what this game does over and over. It's my favorite, like, favorite part of a video game is when it can accept that you, like, hit some temporary mastery and then says, hey... Now you have to approach it from another angle because the way you've been the way you've been dominating for the last 45 minutes, like you can't do it, but you are going to be able to use that information to come up with a new way to dominate for the next 45 minutes. And you have you have these little cycles over and over and over and over in the game um, that makes it I mean, this game fits several games worth of mechanics and 60 hours worth of ideas like crammed into 
a really, really, what feels like a really, really tight 15. It feels just as long as it needs to be. Yeah. And when it ends, you're starting to scratch against like the limits of kind of like what they've set up. Um, and a little bit of repetition is starting to set in, but like they, they pull the route, the rug out like just in time and it lands, um, astonishingly well just just a really i did not expect like not on my bingo card that a that a, a game with some roguelike deck builder uh foundations would end up being like the game that stole my heart um in 2021 but i'm mm. I, I yeah it's I, it is it is truly an astounding little thing yeah i can't wait to uh continue our run i'm so excited both i'm excited okay i'm gonna be realistic here we're going to lose. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we're up against. <laughs> I feel like we're up against the limits of what we can do here. Uh, because like, I think the other reason that Natalie skipped that turn is because we're hitting this point where it's like, I just need squirrels. I don't have enough blood. I need more blood. I need to sacrifice things like the stuff I need to bring out. I just need to get to the next part of the game where I can bring out a squirrel and like sacrifice a bunch of shit and bring good, good cards out. And I feel like. We're running up against the limits to keep up with the onslaught the the enemy is throwing at us the the host the game master whatever he is the dude uh, <laughs> where it's it's starting to feel like we're just right at the limit of like how quickly we can yeah. bring cards out to keep up like yeah. the last few battles not even we lost a boss battle but even some of the regular encounters we're starting to feel like knife juggling and I'm like I yeah. think maybe by this point in the game you're supposed to have other tools. I think what we're missing, I agree with you. I think it's, I definitely, it takes us longer to get stuff on the board than it does our opponents. Um, And I think maybe we need some Gex. (laughs) I think, I think that might be what we're missing. Like I never, I never, and this is not, this is, I'm just asking Kato, you can, you can answer this vaguely like. Is there like a good use for that? Like I, the Gek is the free trash. The Gecks are free. Mm -hmm. It's a well, they're free. It's a better squirrel. It's a one-one squirrel instead of squirrels being o-one, right? Like it can attack. You put it down for free. It doesn't cost anything to sacrifice, which also means it's good fodder. But it also does damage while being fodder for other sacrifices. But you only get one, so you're at the mercy of getting getting a dish. Yeah, that's the other thing is that you have to draw into it. Which is right. So hard to rely, like hard to rely. I guess that's, I guess that's where I ended up with the Gek was just, I, every time it came up, I recognized that as, as true, but just always went in a, in a different direction with the. Yeah. I'd be curious. Go Gek. That's a good Go Gek or go home. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll we'll have to investigate it because, uh, yeah, we will see how the rest of this playthrough goes, uh, because it feels like we're already off book. And so I'm curious if the game sort of rubber bands us back into, where it expects to be in terms of like number of times you've looped uh, versus Mm -hmm. whether or not we can just sort of break it a little bit by having opened with kind of a deep run uh, through, through the game. So uh, be sure and check that out on our Twitch. I think Natalie and I are going to be going back to it for as long as it takes, but you know, on the other hand, maybe it won't take long. Maybe we'll, (laughs) maybe like in next stream or two, uh, we'll just continue to crush inscription and uh, we'll be like, that was very cute. That's right, Patrick. I can see why you liked it so much. It was adorable. Uh, what's next? Wow. Um, that's how, that's how <laughs> that can go. Too. I believe in so us. So we'll see. 
All right, Rob, actually, that like sets me up really well to um, uh, talk about Elden Ring. Uh, Austin, you, you played it this weekend, right? Yeah, uh, I, I thankfully did get a code, um, which I think Oh, that's was, cool. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. You, you, still, you still got those things? <laughs> you able to find a every once in a while, every once in a while, uh, one slips through, um, which is uh, I appreciate it whenever that happens. You know, the people who uh, who make that happen. Shout, shout, out, shout outs to uh, to a mysterious stranger who yeah. was uh-huh. like, I'm. Who specifically was like, hey, under the table, like. But the thing is, here I am now, I'm doing coverage, so it's not like it wasn't for coverage. (laughs) No, it wasn't. No, it actually. But it was was given under the guise of like, I just know he would really like. I just just know he appreciates it. So, yes, uh absolutely. Um, Yeah, that game, I think, is going to be probably like I'm doing my best to keep my restrained, careful opinions hat on. Mm. Um, But, you know, I played that. I played that that I almost a demo. It's not a demo. It's a demo. It basically is. (laughs) For like seven hours. I got to level 25. Um, I think that game is pretty good. I'm I'm very excited for what it is. I think this is a really useful demo for letting it come into focus in terms of what they're doing with the open world and what type of open world game it is. So I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Uh, um, I, I saw for the first time, like all the uh, coverage has been like mostly like universally effusive and I'm, I'm, I'm in that chorus. And then um, there was someone over at uh, like Silicon era who was like, it, the open world seems pretty good, but the combat is kind of samey. And I, at the same time, I was like, I mean, yeah, you're not, you're not wrong yeah. <laughs> because of yeah. uh, like a, like a, a lot, a lot. I think there's so much, uh, to be blinded, not blinded by, but like so much to take in in terms of like what they're doing with the geography. Then yes. I really, I, you guys have probably ended up playing more than uh, I. I have. I didn't get a chance to touch it again this weekend mm-hmm. uh, with the, with the the proper network test. But um, I'm curious where because we talked a lot about the open world and stuff, you know, and stuff already. But like, where do you guys fall on the combat? Like, I know, I, you, know you, you watched a video. I, I saw you. <laughs> my notifications. <laughs> we apologize for blowing them up over the weekend as the two yeah. of you went back and forth over we playing. Yeah, but I know that yeah. Austin, you were watching a weapons video, and I'm so it seems like you guys saw more or at least researched more of the weapons. I'm just curious. Like, does this feel? Did you encounter anything manifestly different? Because I don't feel like I got enough weapon arts There's or skills small or whatever to like things. really. I mean, feel. yeah. So, yeah. so that's the, the the big thing is probably that you you agree kind of the weapon arts is the, the big thing. The this, biggest. In terms of, thing that is going to be that's like the the new thing of, of this combat is going to be weapon arts and be able to switch them out whenever you're and, at and one even of the bonfires will, like and that specifically is less about moment to moment combat and more about build and yeah. get letting builds be accessible in a way that they weren't previously and i use accessible i know we talk about accessibility is and approachability and blah 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 and i and i mean it in kind of a little bit of both ways because i i actually think there is a mental block that can be really hard to get your head around in terms of crafting and um you need a certain amount of time and ability mm-hmm. to focus and an ability to look at stats that's a little harder yeah, this is this is me this is right, i don't know totally. where i made so this so for instance <laughs> like like Patrick, if you were up against a boss that you knew was weak to fire damage mm-hmm. in Dark Souls 2, would you know, okay, I have to go to this specific blacksmith to infuse a weapon <laughs> with fire damage? Like, no, you would just beat your head against the boss until you got through it, even though And, it was and also, and that's games fine. are constructed in a way that if you just play competently enough, th- those are just yes. ways to give you... Um, yeah. an, an edge is exactly. not required. And maybe in order you would to use complete. fire resin, or maybe you would. You not happen to have not a chance. A, no, an item that I that I could lose. Oh, I, no, I just <laughs> end up with seventeen of those at the end of the game. No. Yeah, fair. Might as well be a fucking ether. 
<laughs> yes, exactly. So, but here, the big thing is, um, in terms of combat change, is that every, not every weapon, but mo- most weapons that you come across, the non-super unique weapons, uh, have a slot on them where, where you can equip an Ash of War. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I, feel, yeah. I believe that that's right. Um, and those are... They can be tied to a certain type of, of weapon. So you can have like an Ash of War that's just for spears. And uh or but you can also have ones that are really, really wide in terms of like this is just this goes on any weapon. Well, I mean, um, and some that are like hyper specific to just that weapon. Like the the one that um you you know, the one kind of you saw in my footage of like a you know, the, the like lightning, lightning one that you one, charge yeah. up, like that's just on that weapon. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. that can be moved No, yeah, techni- oh, really? technically technically that is called is the, it's it's not it it's not an, a separate ash of war that you could move around. It is tied specifically to the to mm. the to the weapon. It's the the lightning katana. You saw that. Oh, the right? katana. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I ended up. I ended up. Not only did I see it after seeing it, I went yeah. out last night. Yeah. And did one more hour of play so I could grind out the five faith I needed so I could use yeah. it. With that was yeah. Yeah. That's what I, that's I, 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 I that was like the, the the one the little grinding I did was specifically I got that weapon and was just like yeah yo this this, yo. this seems dope yeah. Um, yeah but then yeah but then you can't remove the. The, the, the right, so those, that's what that. I mean when that's I say there are certain super unique weapons that have them built in and you yeah. can't get rid of. There's also a great sword that has one that you've probably yeah. seen gifts of going around where you do like a little vort. You do like a little like sw- – it's as if it has, as if the sword is on like a, a like a, a an, an awl or something. That you can like spin it around quickly in your hand, um, almost like a baton or something, and then just wham, slam it on the ground into a big AOE. So those are those are really powerful and cool ones but there are lots of other ones and those you can slot in to any weapon and you could use them by hitting l2 when you have that weapon equipped uh in two hands or in your left hand so like your shield has one has one and that's your l2 or you can uh, uh, switch to just your your sword i guess either by putting your shield away or by equipping the sword in two hands or your your main melee weapon your right hand weapon in, in two hands and then do it and so like i did a lot of switching that based on which one i thought was cool or what the boss was like and and the thing that's that I was trying to get to before with regard to the blacksmithing stuff is not only does that give you a different move, so like sometimes that's like a big stab, other times that's a big magic blast, or I think Kata, you and I both used a lot of glintstone arch. Oh yeah, this incredible floating Feels magic broken. dagger one that yeah. is absolutely OP. Uh, you haven't seen this one, Patrick. You do like a you draw like a almost like a uh, your hand in an arch. Or I guess you don't do it with your hand. You just kind of lift your sword up, but then the four or five magic daggers appear around you floating mm-hmm. in an arch around you and then when you get close enough to an enemy they just go like boom 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 boom, boom and they all hit for a lot a of magic damage. Of damage the class you were playing specifically does really well with it because of how how good your intelligence like modifier is or whatever um uh and so those not only do those give you those like abilities to use different but depending on which one you pick you're enchanting your weapon according to that so mm-hmm. this is how you end up with a magic sword or a fire sword or a lightning sword which previously you would have to have consumed a specific resource it's like i'm playing dark souls 2 right now right. i just had to decide which of my I'm, I'm playing a hexer build which is like 
dark magic. It's the first time I've done that build in this game. And I had, and I had one of the item that lets me make a dark weapon. And so I had to like sit with all these different weapons and decide like, do I want, I want my Falchion to be this? Do I want the S-Doc to be dark? Which weapon do I want to go with to give this one thing that's going to like synergize with my, with my build, but I only have the one right now. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Whereas in this game, I was like, oh, I just equip, I briefly for this one fight, equip this thing. And then if I decide I don't like it or if I decide I'm done with it after that fight, I just switch it off and I can do that from any bonfire. That is so much more approachable. And it, yeah. I, and I think it's easier to wrap your head around because it's also in line with just like, oh, yeah, the lightning one does lightning damage. The fire one makes it a fire sword. Or you don't even have to. You can choose to keep it normal and keep the weapon art. But you could say, OK, oh, it looks like if I make this a magic one because my intelligence is high, I get a pretty good bonus on damage to this. So I think that's a pretty big difference in terms of how the combat meta design is, even if mm-hmm. the moment to moment stuff is, is pretty much the same. Some um, of those arts feel pretty uh, different too, as far as like things that, I mean, maybe there's, maybe there's been a, a vortex spell before, but one that I was running around with a lot was I was dual wielding the fucking like the twin blades, which is basically Darth Maul's lightsaber, you know, double sided yes, blade. Yes. Uh, uh, and I had uh, one called gravitas on it. That was, that literally did like a huge AOE damage and pulled everything close. And mm-hmm. I'll, with that, that sword, that, that weapon is just, you, you spin, spin around and twirl your fucking blades everywhere <laughs> when you double hand it. It's fucking amazing. Uh, yeah. so I would do that and grab everyone in and then like do a bunch of attacks and they'd be all staggered from the pull. And right. like that sort of thing where it's like I'm using uh magic in combination with uh like like in a combo almost with uh a, a melee weapon is kind of I feel like less uh seen other than like using a projectile and then running up to someone and doing a combo yeah. that way. But like this sort of like, oh, this is gonna help me get people in the right range and and things like that. That feels like there's playing in new spaces here. Mm-hmm. I will also say there are some other bigger changes. Like I think that there's that. Um, it's not the counter. What is what? Do you remember the user? You remember what the yeah. thing yeah. is called? Yeah, I, I know it's Where you guard counter? I think is what it might is be that what called. called? I, yeah, I, I could. I love that uh-huh. addition so much. It it, <laughs> it keeps the pace of combat mm-hmm. so fast and interesting. It has like complete downsides. It is not like a guarantee. Like right. a parry. We should explain what this, did you already talk about this last time? Uh, we talked about it on the stream. Uh, we didn't okay. talk about it on the podcast. So, uh, but yeah, basically, it used to be. Yeah, you go ahead. You explain. I would say yeah. In, in previous Souls games, you parrying was just a universal feature for a character. It was downplayed. It was not something the players were. They were. They, you could do it, but a lot of players didn't. And it wasn't until like a game like Sekiro where it says like, "Hey, hey motherfucker," or Bloodborne, <laughs> like, "Hey, like you re, you need to do this to make any progress." But in Souls games, you could kind of get around that. Um, and but you could, no matter what you equipped, what kind of character you're playing, like, boom, you hit a certain button, you can parry, and and you can move on. And in this one, parrying is a skill that is like an equipable thing. You have to, it's, it's I guess, an ash of war um, that you have to, you know, uh, put on uh, to make that something you do with R2 or L- L2. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but in order to sort of like kind of counterbalance that, there is sort of like a weaker parry with a much wider, more forgiving um, mm-hmm. uh, implementation, which is that... As long as you're guarding, and I believe this is the case if you're two-handing or if you have a shield, um, that uh, if you immediately then hit R- what R1 or R2, you will do like an almost an immediate counterattack, kind of a lunge, uh, probably depends based on the weapon. But it, yeah. it yeah. essentially allows you to get in a quick counterattack um, by just 
guarding as opposed to having to t- like specifically time something. And I, I found it to be such like a manifestly interesting way of like adding wrinkles to the combat and also keeping me aggressive well, in a way that get, like has, you know, this game has lots of wrinkles of Sekiro and like wrinkles right. of Bloodborne. And like this is them taking a wrinkle of Bloodborne and like putting it in here because it is rewarding you for being aggressive. And I mean, you can fuck it up or like sometimes the wolves will like jump out of the way and then or you'll get, get hit with you. three attacks in a row someone will do like a three attack combo and you'll trigger your counter early yeah and get caught by the second <laughs> yeah. one and the long animation getting, yeah totally uh, also it's worth saying now that i've played a lot enough of this and understand the different starting classes which as always this is a network test this is not the these are not the starting classes you'll get in this game when it launches in february it never is uh, i mean maybe it will be this time but it has it never been curious the what the how it's going to start well you know, so yeah. we don't we don't have an opening yeah. CG intro. Like no. there, there is stuff. I'm missing. not even convinced this is the starting zone necessarily, or that the bosses that are here will all be here. Or like I can imagine this stuff being a weird amalgamation of stuff from across the game that they've put together for this test. Like I just don't know. Yeah, could be, um, but it could be the, anything. A thing I want to say about this move that we're both high on is both of us played the sorcerer. What was it called? The the enchanted knight class, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Kata, did you also yeah, play yes. that class? Yeah. That's the only class that starts with a shield that has a hundred protect a uh, physical protection in the entire beta. Oh, Every other, yeah, there's no other class that has a hundred percent, and you you cannot get a shield. I don't think, or maybe the leather shield from Kale has it, but like you don't start with one, and so it's very easy for us to be like that move is is incredible. Maybe it's even a little op <laughs> because the block is free for us. Yeah. It takes a little stamina, but that's it. Whereas oh, for so everybody you're else, weaker, you're getting you're chip damage. Health. You're taking yeah. health damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's even it is balanced in that, or there is some balancing element happening there at the very least with right. that, and that's interesting, right? Um, there's so many other little things that again, it, it's a lot of the meta combat is shifting. So things like when you beat a group, you might get back your vial or your your Estus flasks, yeah. right? You might get back your your health or your magic uh, Estus flasks. That way, you're not always coming back to the same campfire the same bonfire over and over again it's just like hey you know you're you want to go explore this little section off to the side and frequently the game is clearly putting out mobs that are just for you to kind of clean up and get um a little bit like some of your your flasks bags like here's three wolves like you're probably not gonna fuck this up but then you're gonna get like one of each uh back and you can kind of continue along right uh, where you're at and i i I appreciate that that's sort of the sort of things that don't feel like they're doing all that much to change the difficulty curve and is actually just encouraging you to stay out and do the thing that is is so profoundly different in this game, which is like, keep exploring, like look around, like see what you can find. Right. I will also say the, the other thing there that's part of that is, and this is another indirect change to combat. It's just how many people can be in a fight at once by, you know, by and large in most of the souls games and, and the other from soft titles you're talking about, you know, between three and eight people, probably. But there are, mm-hmm. are camps that you can come across. And don't think about, like, Far Cry camps. That's not the vibe on these. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I could see that comparison, but I, they don't really ring that way for me. That are much bigger. And and those are the places where I feel like summoning spirits make the most sense. Uh, mm-hmm. But also just, like, you can just get completely overwhelmed. Even on your horse, it's very easy to suddenly get caught <laughs> between three or four people, mountain blade style, and wind up with your horse dead and then you on the ground. And, if you, and the your animation, dies, they, make you, they make your ass sit for like you are a solid the three ground. to four seconds when <laughs> yep. you fall off that horse. Yep. They and they will do like a, 
they will or, or some of them will even do like a killing blow like yeah. backstab style full animation on you those big dudes <laughs> who have their own horses yep it's wild i uh, which which also by the way that northern mercenary spirit or oh whatever that's my that's my uh summoning spirit of yeah. choice in this in this demo that that dude fucking rules Wait, which one is that because i only there's, ever saw the wolf and the the old old magician it's called okay. like there's northern mage. warrior like literally yeah you remember the um you know the dudes who have horses who yes. roll or like the dudes the, the, who like set by the campfires the, the vikings who are yeah they're viking they, type dudes they do that berserk thing that you were like i want that yeah. skill those guys. Yeah. You can those summon guys, one of those You can summon one of those guys. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, They're sick. They're sick. My son. Yeah. Uh-huh. Actually, um, so I guess maybe my uncle. Your uncle, because your son is Pop Boy, who yeah. he was not in this demo. They knew to hold back our, our yeah. little Pop Boys, unfortunately. Um, you know what? That's fine. I want, I want the first time I meet our little Pop Boys for it to be for real and not just in a demo. I want that mm-hmm. to be, you know, for real forever. Um <laughs> The other stuff is just like, and I say this, I said this earlier, the thing of just like getting your head around what the game is. Uh, I think I, again, who knows if the full game will have the same content in the same organization that this did. But I think we got a pretty good sense of how dense the open world was with little dungeons and little side things. And there are, you know, I think I, I finished, I got to the, the thing that said you did it basically mm-hmm. at like hour six. And I was like, I think I'm done. And then for the next hour, I wandered around and found like weird floating jellyfish creatures I hadn't oh, seen before. Yeah. Uh, and a whole dungeon, not a dungeon, I guess it was a boss fight where, how did you find the jail? The, um, the like oh, magic yeah. yep. portal jail. And you go in there and fight a weird, jumpy around guy mm-hmm. yeah yeah did we um i, I tested did you did you run an experiment did you run our experiment i did Ooh, and it didn't seem to do any well you did you notice before you enter the uh uh what is it called the unbound hound or something or the bound hound something yeah. jail yeah, yeah, yeah. uh yeah there's those um there's those weird like columns of uh yeah, the weird floating Rocks. stones. Yeah, the mm-hmm. stones that like just rotate in strange directions. Yeah, but they, they're, but wa- they're like if you look at they're their... walking along the ground, like they're crawling mm. towards the stones to try and oh. like set themselves. When they up get there set and... up, they their eyes start glowing the same color as the color of the jail, like Ooh. of the seal on the jail. So we Sweet. thought that maybe <laughs> they're probably the ones holding Can the seal. Can we break them out? Can we? Let this thing out. Oh, I, that would be sick. I am pretty sure I got all of them and it didn't happen. <laughs> there were but what a if? couple you times. Know. What, but what if, I mean, what if it's not in stuff in this game? Yes, this that, is the thing. What if so, it's not in the network test, but it exactly. might be in the full game is what I'm thinking. Because like, another one Buck. of our things, uh, Patrick, you remember that statue? Ah, uh-huh, I do. That worked. Uh, okay. Yeah, Ooh, wait, not, what's the statue? Out in the middle of a field... Uh, in the storm place, the stormy place. I forgot. What oh, that's I think called. I know what this is. Okay. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. Surrounded by those giants in that field. Uh huh. Yeah, you can kite a giant. There's like over. a glint inside of this broke, this already sort of broken statue. Yes. That one. Yes, you, you. And if you use, you kite a giant over and have them attack, and they break it open. There's an item on the inside. Yes. It's not just an item. It's not just an item. It's like six. Uh, upgrade, uh, upgrade stones, stones for, for your so, for your weapons, yeah, yeah, yeah. which are mm. not not they're not common. Yes, they're so. very rare. Um, which um, but, is fucking but sick, like yeah. I, th- there's so much of what we're doing right now feels like you know I, I can have like the fan the fanish response to this, which mm-hmm. is like oh I can't believe there's so much shit. But I think that there's also the like analysis uh, hat putting that on and being like this is a really smart way to do a demo because. You know, um, 
I asked you, Kato, where you found that sword. I'd seen a, I'd seen a video of the, yes. the katana, uh, and you're like, oh, I found it in the mine. And I was like, there, what? What are you fucking? What <laughs> mine? And that's the experience that I think a lot of us are going to have when this game comes out. That is. Yep. Most similar to open world games that we really like. Right. Um, I'm a hesitant to make the Breath of the Wild comparison because of the way you interact with this world is just not the same. And I see that comparison made by people who what they mean is I'm really enjoying this open world in a way that's similar. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that the actual design of this open world is Breath of the Wildy in terms of eyeline, you know, d- designs and the ways in which things like stamina, like stamina doesn't exist in this game outside of combat. No, they, right. like, they, 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 they got turn got it off. rid of it. Like, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm glad, like, it, it, I'm glad and that got, when I run, I, that I don't have to worry about that. Weapon degradation of first yeah. since, I guess a Sekiro also probably doesn't have weapon degradation, right? No, no, no. Uh, but the Souls games all do. I know this because I just got a sword in Dark Souls 2 <laughs> that I was like, oh, this is sick. And I was like, oh, it only has 40 durability. Fuck. Um, uh, for, for me, because I, I made the Breath of the Wild comparison in, in like, my, my preview piece, like, for sure. me, that was more like the game's open exactly the same which is like right, a dark right, right. place then you come right. out to this bright horizon and you are just have to soak in like a giant possibility space in which mm-hmm. i have played this game before but not this way right and i'm like i can't even really fathom quite yet like what that means and like, what are they doing with this and what that, are they i think doing? That that's yeah. a, i think that that comparison holds right because what you're seeing is that open canvas. And I think that there's one other way in which it does hold, which is that um, there does seem to be a density of stuff where your curiosity gets rewarded in terms of like, mm-hmm. oh, is there something up there? Is there something in in around that corner? Or, or more importantly, there's not a ton of completely empty space. Yeah. And I think if you think of the – if you build this kind of strategic spectrum of the open world game, which is to say, I know this isn't perfect. That's why it's strategic. It's like, listen, let's just for the sake of talking about this right now, let's say that the Far Cry or the Division or the really Far Cry more than – or Assassin's Creed more than the Division even is on one side and Breath of the Wild is on the other in terms of repeated content, um, the sort of checklist design, stuff like that. Um, this feels like it's more in the Breath of the Wild camp than the, the Far sure. Cry camp, um, uh, which isn't to say there isn't custom stuff in Far Cry. Like my beef with Far Cry 5 was not there weren't custom things. I think there was plenty of custom stuff in that game and like handcrafted stuff. And I still had issues. I still had lots of issues with that game despite that. But there's just – you know, okay, well, what's over in this little corner? Oh, shit, this is a new enemy type. There's a new weird – I mean, you must have because you were near that jail, but there's the the big giant, like the ancient giants that are buried <laughs> yep. in the ground and then one of them gets up. Yeah. That was sick. That was sick. That's awesome, you know? Um, um, and there's a lot of that sort of stuff it felt like in terms of map density. It's uh, it's uh, about the, the – like, for example, when you look at the map, right – the the things that are marked are just things that um mostly you can go to and like how are like the little um the caves and the 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 what's it called uh not bonfires but i keep calling them bonfires graces uh but you're not getting like quest markers it's not that type of open world at all right like you're the one who can choose to place things when you want to on the map to like mark things if you if you need to but that kind of right. I feel like sets up the, the the one of the differences between the Far Cry versus 
Breath of the Wild open world. So like that's a small thing that kind of signals which way they're going of, of the two types of open world that we're talking right. about here. Also, this map is just very pleasant. Yeah. Like, yeah, it has that old school RPG or choose your own adventure style or, or fantasy book style, like start of the book map. Um, and even the stuff that they do add to the map directly, like the the what are they points of grace? Yeah. Something is of grace, the, the grace. bonfire marks yeah. are very they did a really good job on on icon design to make it seem as if those things were drawn on versus or in the same style versus like blinding, big, bright, outlined, you know, uh, icons in, in the way that that some games do. And I, I appreciate that quite a bit. Um, God, what else? Is there anything else we want to hit on this? I feel like uh, is there does anyone yeah. have a favorite boss? Because there's a bunch of bosses in this game. Does anyone? Does any of them stand out for for y'all? Uh, one of my favorites, just because it looked so ridiculous, and I loved it. And I think people might have seen this on Twitter, possibly, because it. I feel like I've seen a a fair amount of videos of it going around. Is the fucking like mm-hmm. statue dog watch the, the burial tree watchdog watchdog yeah, yeah. that thing looks so great i, I loved love it. it it's yeah just stock still floating in the air but still swinging a fucking sword somehow well, it's so good there are so many weird little motions with it that make it seem like a clockwork machine where yeah. it's like the arm like kicks out as if a spring has been released or its head does a weird bobble heady thing before it spits <laughs> yep. fire I that design is sick uh, and like is one of those so things good. that I know some people are like I, I think I said this uh, when we first talked about that the the video that they released that there are people who are like wait a second this is from Dark Souls three this is from Dark Souls two whatever in terms of things like the that creature you fight in the jail for instance yeah um, Bloodhound Knight Darawil uh, I think yeah. just straight up has some Bloodborne enemy uh, uh animations in it i think the big dragon has some some dragon animations from dark souls For 3 sure. or something like that and and i do get where the instinct to be like but i i'm buying a new game there should only be new stuff <laughs> comes oh from but like there's a lot of space to cover and you're getting burial tree watchdog and you're getting pumpkin head pumpkin and you're getting head. you know See, all this, those this, this strikes me as like you know, Miyazaki's probably, you know, if you've read like the Dark Souls art books, like yeah. it's very picky and like they probably throw away a lot of ideas um, before they mm. arrive on the ones that they put in. And then I'm sure he like pitches Elden Ring and, you know, Ephraim Soft. And then like the next slide, he like goes, he's like, all right, all that shit I said no to for all the other <laughs> games. Go get your set sketchbooks. Go get those models. We got a lot of dungeons to fill people. Dungeons. Like, yeah. I know I said the cat thing didn't it didn't work you know what yeah. like joe bring it back like joe, it back. Go, go get your sketch you know the the world that george R. R. martin has given us allows us to finally put the weird cat dog statue in the game uh you know we gotta fill space god um, and that's I, the that's part of the thing with those two is that those are you know missable and optional if you're on like the critical path in theory although i'm mm-hmm. gonna want to find them all personally but like those sorts of fights i feel like are like oh yeah i get i mean no it doesn't really matter where the fight is i understand them reusing assets for, to make something this big right, right? right. like it's yeah. just like a, a, a the way that games are made like that makes complete sense if they're well, working with also, tools that making that. an entirely new game you know what i mean like, right this is like deeply iterative upon 
at this yeah, point. Yeah, and they know, always have 15 been, right? years of, of, of work. So, like, sure, you want to reuse the soldier animation or whatever. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but they've, uh, they, the, the, the smart thing ahead. is that they've just deployed it really well, right? Like, they've deployed these things in uh, in the way that they place them in the world and the way that they've made the world um, kind of filled with that, like, you know, like that moment where you walk over the stone giant and it crawls out of the fucking ground or when you come upon the, like, caravan of uh, nobles with the two giants yeah. drawing the fucking carriage. There's just, yeah. like, stunning visual moments that... Like I don't care that the animation is the same for this noble that I killed that I probably killed in like Dark Souls two or whatever. Like right. that's fine. Like what's important is they've they've been taking take taking these pieces that are totally fine individually to be reused and given them new contexts that are very, are like as flavorful as any of the other games, right? Like it hasn't been, it doesn't feel like it's been diluted through being spread out over an open world, which I was, was one of the things I was worried about is how much they can really continue to do that, that thing that they, they do so well in those games of like imbuing all of the kind of areas and zones and spaces with a certain like history to them, you know, a certain yeah. storytelling oh, to it. Did you see the, why there are big ruins everywhere? Did you read that thing? There was some sort so, of fucking giant, yeah, thing in the sky and then it fell out yeah, of the sky. They are believed to have been part of a temple in the sky. Yep. So all those, the big ruins, not just like the little building ones, but the bits where it's just like, oh, this is a wall yeah. that is now I can use as a bridge to get across this gap. Yep. That apparently was, theore- you know, theoretically, or, or, or as people believe, a temple in the sky. Yeah. Love it. Can't wait to see what's up with that. <laughs> um, I think in general, the lore stuff has been interesting. I know, Patrick, this is not a thing you care about particularly, um, but uh, for me, it's it's interesting to get a whole bunch of new proper nouns used <laughs> uh, to see lots of crucified people and wondering what's up with yeah, that. And the then also, effigies. well, there's the there's also just dude. There are also just crosses yeah. with people yeah, yeah, yeah. out yeah, there yeah, yeah, with yeah. like with like curved a kind of curved cross situation. But then you're also just carrying. Uh, one of those in your pocket too. Like this is just part and of what with this a world billion is. Fingers, yeah, and lots a bunch of finger of stuff fingers. in this game. Yeah, I feel, I feel like uh, that will maybe make more make more sense when whatever the intro is that is lacking, yes. and then you enter the cabin full of the three witches, and they explain. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, set yes. you off on your on your quest. You know what yeah, makes I'm a lot more sense? Bag of fingers. Knowing how many fucking fingers are how fingers are important. That fucking boss they show in the thing that has many arms. Oh, yeah. Like you got fingers. Yeah. You want fingers? You need more arms. That's the boss <laughs> to this zone. That's the boss to Limgrave. Uh, that's Godric. Some you know, the, the the there's like uh, knights and stuff or like knights of Godric. That is right. Godric. So which is another thing that I think is going to be interesting is like okay, here are the six bosses of the six you know great souls or whatever yeah. of the of the game. They each have a part of the Elden Ring, and which is true. This I'm not making this up. They do each have a fragment of the Elden Ring, uh, and and their zones are going to really feel like their zones. And, and that's not that different than the previous Souls games. But given this broader palette or this broader not but canvas to work with thinking about things like verticality and and differences in environmental design it'll be really interesting to see if they manage to to make these zones really feel like they're kind of big you know major npcs if they feel like they're in line with that stuff or if by the end and this is the other thing is like this is there are six of those major npcs my my belief is there are six legacy dungeons we got a taste of a legacy dungeon at the very end of this demo um uh 
how big is this fucking game? It's, and it can, sounds unfa- like yeah. unfathomable in in, in <sighs> scope. If like and can they in, do in it? this first area? If we if if it is truly you know as it is, but just with like yes. some fog of war you know put up to to block you off. I mean, h- roughly half of it is just unavailable in the <laughs> yes. network. Yeah. Test. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. So you're looking at like the the length of you know if you're really picking him. And pulling, you know, you know, fifteen hours to get through the first area, and that's like one of one of six. And um, and you can imagine I spent you know, twelve opening with area the walls up, as, so like easily right, more, you right, know, right, <laughs> like right, right. Yeah, who the fuck knows is really what it comes down to. And, and, maybe, had- and maybe it'll become the case where you know, as you get to other zones you will not feel as compelled to like go in every cave. You know what I mean? Right. Like the kind of thing, like in a lot of these games where like you want, you know, you start out wanting to do everything and then sort of, um, you kind of understand what the game is communicating about like what's in that cave. And it's like, mm-hmm. maybe I, maybe like, maybe I don't need to, I don't know. But, like, how, but how are you ever going to tell yourself no when <laughs> the reward could be the next good weapon art you I have? Know, or I you, like, I think, I do think that they have the template in place to encourage me to keep going in. And, and, you know, never stop going in. Um, and, and to have like that in place is so much of the battle. Um, but it also does dramatically change what Souls is. Like, I, I think that there is a, I'm in the middle of, I've played through Demon Souls remake. I played through Dark Souls one. I'm playing through Dark Souls two with the, with the DLC with Scholar of the First Sin now. Um, uh, and, I I think the last time that we talked, we talked about how um, the open world is a fundamentally different thing in terms of what the fantasy being sold is, that there's a different sort of relationship to something like conquest, like spatial exploration and control. And I think that those games are already about spatial exploration and control because it is about like learning an area and mastering how to get through it safely and doing your boss run. So you don't get fucking ganked on the way to go refight your boss. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff, which by the way, is just a lot easier in this game because they put up these statues that you could just immediately respawn at. Like yeah. I, I fought that dragon probably eight to 10 times, maybe, maybe more than that, like 15 times. Um, and you can just spawn basically at that dragon fight with all your shit again, over and over again. Like that's just an easier game. Um, uh, but I think that there's a fundamental difference between going through a single authored space and going through a big open world that is like, okay, well, here's another cave that my job in this game is to go into the cave, kill everything in the cave, get the treasure and get out is a different thing than I'm trying to get through this. Uh, this you know handcrafted space so I can go kill the bad guy and get the the super gem like they're both about you know spatial conquest and overcoming bosses and all of that stuff but there is something different about it becoming and this is the danger of becoming checklisty right like, mm-hmm. even if we don't get a literal checklist we will build checklists right. if someone mm-hmm. says there are twelve dungeons in I mean I did this right like I before I stopped playing I was like did I get all the bosses are all <laughs> the bosses in this demo did I kill them all and so it's like the checklistification does not stop just because they don't put the checklist in themselves. I think they're smart not to, but there is still the risk of it becoming this kind of game where you're like, I heard there are 10 caves in this zone. Let me make sure I got all the caves. Uh, And that both is risks it becoming a boring game and risks it meaning something different to you at the end. And, And I think that that's worth thinking about as we, you know, get hyped for this game is to also go into it with that little extra bit of criticality. I think, I don't know. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to cut us off there. We could keep going. We already went uh, nearly double that. No, no, we're going to be, we're going to stop. Yeah, we're 10 like 20 minutes, minutes, 10 minutes yeah, whatever. It'll be, be fine. I beat that fucking mark. dragon. I just want to say, I beat yeah. it. I'm happy mm-hmm. to have killed that Same. dragon. That was a fun fight. 
So we barely even talked about the fucking horse. Did you ever use the katana on the horse? If you hold the fucking so. heavy attack, you drag your katana yeah. on the floor like a badass. Oh, great swords and you, do that too. I oh, yeah, so great swords. Good. It's sick. It's sick. Yeah, the, I like all those weapons. Yeah. But anyways, I won't keep the, gr- the katana has an R2 button where you do two attacks. You go like slash slash, slash. each time you hit it. Oh, it feels good. I love all it. right. Okay. All right, I'll, I'll let you kick me off this podcast. Will, yes. We will, yes. re- we will re- reconvene in, in February 20, 2022. Can't wait. <laughs> oh, yo. Uh, uh, as part of this Xbox thing, they added a bunch of backwards compatibility games, which normally doesn't mean anything to me because I'm always forced to go forward for my job. But I have always wanted to play From Software's Atogi games, and both of those just got added to backwards compatibility with like 60 FPS boost. Let's go. I want to go back in time with From Software. (laughs) Have they posted a list of the new backwards compatibility stuff? Yeah. um, I'm just curious if I'm always interested in seeing what's uh, what's hitting up. And they they dropped the Halo multiplayer uh, today, as rumored. Oh, nice. Um, Mm. You'll be able to jump into that now. Uh, What else is cool on this list? Uh, uh, Binary domain. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Make Mm -hmm. the grade? I don't know. I'm trying to say yeah. that on the sand. They got, they got everything on this. Uh, all the fear games. Uh, One of them is good. All of Max Payne. <laughs> Viva Nier. Pinata, let's go. Uh, oh, shit. Sorry. Jedi Outcast? Sure. Why not? <laughs> Jedi Outcast or F- Xbox? Sure. Uh, that's cool. I, I, yeah, I, I really like that they have, for a long time, that backwards ability stuff seemed like one of the ways that they could just needle the way Sony was kind of ignoring the past. And they could have easily just kind of given up on this at a certain point and been like, cool, we've done enough. Um, but I like that they've made this kind of like a pillar. One of their commitments going forward um, is to, to go back and like, it's fuck. I don't know. Like, I don't know that I want to play. Are you smarter than a fifth grader make the grade, but like, it's kind of cool as shit that you can go back and play that at 60 frames per second. Now just for like historical purposes, that's all right. Good on them. Yeah, and I like, you know, obviously, in general, there's always a way to make a PC game work uh, one way or another. But it is cool that, like, if something appears on Xbox backwards compatibility or something, it does mean that it's going to be, like, kind of hassle free where it's like, I'm going to fire this up and just Gun Valkyrie is also on this list. Shit, there are some damn, that's some old original Xbox Microsoft paying a lot of money to get Japanese video games on their on their box. That game was cool too. Hmm. What is it? Uh, anyway. You know what? Uh, I'm tempt I'm torn. Do we take a break and aim for a quick show? We do. We do. Because Natalie has a hard stop. I forgot. We have to we have to be on our game. Let's go. Let's take a quick break. And when we come <laughs> back, uh, we will answer the question. What if Stalker was an anime? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
a bit of explanation is required, I suppose. Last week, Patrick and I recorded our Waypoint 101 on Stalker Shadow of Chernobyl. In the question section, I referred to the fact that a number of people wrote in saying like, hey, you can check out that Stalker anime. And I hadn't really fully tuned into it, but the minute I sort of shared with Patrick that people were writing in like, hey, you should check out the Stalker anime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I didn't anticipate this. I should have, I suppose. But Patrick was like, what? Stalker anime. Yeah. And so we learned about Other Side Picnic, uh, a game about two uh, college age. Yes. uh, Or they're not preps. They're 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 college college. kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Two college girls who stumble their way into sort of a uh, J-horror creepypasta equivalent of the zone from Roadside Picnic and Stalker uh, and begin having uh, harrowing adventures together while trying to suss out their feelings. <laughs> We've checked out the first couple episodes uh, and I am just really dying to know what y'all make of this thing. Um, I'm so glad somebody made an anime out of uh, Midnight or <laughs> Roadside Picnic because... Uh, it fucking went. <laughs> I love it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. Like overall, but I really like the two main leads, and yeah. I don't know where this is going. But um, no idea. Like, <laughs> I got a lot of questions about like it's the world, the motivations towards it's the going. wedding it's- where they get mm-hmm. married in the zone. <laughs> this is this is Kato. Hitting his dolls together. You're gonna get married in the zone. In the first fucking two episodes, there's that one line that she says in the first episode that, um, uh, shit, I forgot their name. I'm bad at remembering anime names. Uh, Sarawa. The uh, other one. Not Sarawa. And Tariko. Tariko? Tariko. Where Tariko says the most intimate relationship you can have is, uh, Oh fuck! Partners mm-hmm, in the zone, mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. like that. I forget exactly what the line is. Yeah. And she's talking to Soru, and it's like, "Yeah, y'all are y'all are y'all are gay together. They they are very gay together. Yep. Just like lots of sidelong glances and blushing and being like, oh, my feelings.' Um, so this is the one thing where I'm like, I can't tell if this is what the show is, or if this is all just it's speeding through setup work, because the the thing that's like. I'm like, yep, got it. I've seen I've seen this version of like uh young kids in love anime like mm-hmm. several times before. Like nothing new here. But I'm also not sure if its interest is in like like sort of portraying blushing first love, two kids like coming in terms of their feelings, or if it's speed running that so we can get into like real relationship dynamic shit. Uh, because in the first two episodes, I'm like, yeah, this this is the one part where I'm like, this seems so kind of paint by numbers. But at the same time, like looming over all of it is that we're still kind of just learning who these characters are. Like yeah. uh, Toriko, they both are kind of black boxes, right? Like we don't, they both have different paths and motivations that are still kind of unknown to us. Well, we like sort of like start. The story just starts. There's no like real setup, right? Like it's not like, hey, we, let's meet these characters yeah. and their home lives and like understand like where they're at personally. It's like no, like the the show opens with them in the zone and one of them saving the other. We, we, we later learn to be kind of by 
kind of by accident, by happenstance, by by pure luck. Um, but yeah, you're just, you, that, I, I'm with you, Rob. Like I don't I don't know what the arc is quite yet, other other than them kissing because I, like, I don't even really know who these characters are. I barely know what the zone is, right? Like I, I'm spending the two episodes like yeah. taking notes, like, wait, so they're learning about it on the net. So it's like the zone itself, a creepy pasta that it just happens to be true. And if you have the cursed knowledge, you can, you can visit there. Like it's was, is the zone. It doesn't seem to be that the zone is uh, yeah. the setup that we have in a lot of the other fiction we've explored in the last six weeks or so of like, mm-hmm. Oh, an event occurred at a place and then whether in one place of the world or in multiple places, and it's a it's a it's a place of study and seclusion. Here it seems like on the playground, someone can come up to you and be like, hey, like if you speak these three words in front of this <laughs> this uh, this uh, this building, a door to the zone opens. So this yeah. is uh, just to do a little bit of table setting, because this is a really great point. On the one hand, I'm like, wow, this is so roadside picnic and stalker. On the other hand, it's not at all. And so this is the other part that's a little disorienting. It opens with, uh, yeah, I kept expecting it to be like, and of course, in the first episode, we'll learn what the zone is. No, it opens with a character we've never met before. Um, and this this day kind of cracked me up. She's just like waiting to die in the zone. Yep. And it's got all the zone shit, right? Like abandoned vehicles, uh, eerie natural mm-hmm. beauty. But she's like, I wonder if anyone will even notice I'm dead. I'll yeah. bet my university financial aid department will. <laughs> yep. And like that's kind of the tenor is like just uh existential horror mixed with just like deep mundanity of like yeah. being kind of a, a dead end in your 20s. Right. But it's it, it's not so divorced from Midnight Picnic in that way. Like it is it is that with like anime Applied right. to it, but when I think of when I think of I forget the name who oh Isoru Red yeah but Red no 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 Red oh, which, when I think, hold on yeah when I think of Red sorry no continue continue my mm-hmm. bad <laughs> oh well I was just gonna say when I think of Red's like uh his sort of like the banal like mundane aspect like way he treats the zone and how that relates to um so- Soraru's um like opinion of mm. it and like her exploration of it as well as like the moment that Toriko and Soraru like run out of the zone and are like freaky like just like so scared but like it's like laughable and everything like that in its anime kind of way relates to like red coming down from leaving the zone and like just like feeling the weight of almost dying multiple times like in that it, space so i i feel like it it really is like the anime yeah. version of of midnight of roadside i don't know why i keep calling it midnight roadside picnic in like a one of the best ways it's, possible it's really interesting because like to me like the, the the two main characters almost uh like fit in neatly into two aspects of Red's character, right? There's Toriko, who's kind of, like, confident about herself in the zone and is also there to make money. Like, she's there to get these cubes to sell them to someone who wants to buy them. And then there's Suwaru, who feels like the kind of more, like, Red at, red at, his, at his most existential. Red talking about when pe- when you have to spend a night in the zone, standing, sitting perfectly still, because otherwise you won't make it through the night, right? Like, 
and it it was really fun to kind of be able to pick out those kind of aspects of their characters into like the the two kind of modes that Red operates in when talking about the zone and in his circumstances, which I thought was like a really clever way to kind of do a new take on on this. And then yes, it also uh, has that anime layer of like skewing more comedy in certain parts uh, than the book ever did. But that's kind of, you know, part of the genre conventions for this type of, you know, um, not not exactly coming of age, but like almost like almost slice of life if it weren't for the zone existing, right? <laughs> <laughs> if not for the, the part where they're also Ghostbusters. Right. Well, it feels like the, the Ghostbusters yeah. part is mostly in service of them and us, the, the the viewers, learning more about their individual characters and what they feel about each other, right? Like, it, that sure. is what that it is in service of. It's like each new, uh, like, thing that they encounter is like, they're going to either deepen or we'll learn a little bit more about how they feel about each other. Um, I, I don't know if that tracks past the first two episodes, but that's kind of where these first two are, right? Like, the first one is like... Uh, us learning about them specifically and setting up the the like very basic like first love at first sight attraction and then the second one being like Sawaru realizing that uh she is uh at least somewhat attracted to her whether or not that pans out because I've heard some people I've seen some people talk about this show and say it's not Yuri which like feels impossible given these first two episodes I'm like well, what the, the, the fuck the are you talking about were given, <laughs> some of the feedback I got when I said we were going to watch it was uh, anime is alright but like but that the manga is like exceptional um, oh, and like yeah. better better mm. delivers on the relationship stuff and like that the the adaptation like heightens more of the uh, you know ghostbustery stuff that stuff's pretty alright right. like, I got the design in the second episode of the creature was pretty fucking good oh and the um, reveal of how oh, that yeah. encounter goes like that got me completely <laughs> i was like holy shit monster uh, yeah. got you it's pretty fucking cool yeah i think i i i like that it's not i guess i didn't really know what i was what to expect with this type of with an adaptation but i like that it's just sort of taking concept like i keep trying to think okay when are we gonna get to the roadside picnic of it all. Like, when are we really going to get to that story? But I feel like just existing with, like, uh, like the conceptual nature of roadside picnic rather than, like, really doing a one-to-one version of it is a much more... It's a, it's really f- fun, and I, I like how it's sort of pushing against my expectation in that way. Yeah. I I think I I enjoy the fact that, um, one, it, it's such a free adaptation is, Mm -hmm. is the way I would put it. Um, that Mm -hmm. it's really taking the premise more than adapting. It's not adapting the book. It's, I mean, I guess we'll see. Maybe there are subplots that we will recognize we go along, but like that's my favorite kind of adaptation. Like I'm very rarely want to see the, the words turned into, animation or live action. I think that's like fucking boring. Like I can read the book yeah. and I can imagine what I want that world to look like. I'm like a much bigger fan of like adaptation, like take the thing, take what's here and go do something interesting with it. So I got no problems whatsoever. That's like, we're loose. Well, we're going to, we're going to turn the zone into, I don't know, a, a parallel d- uh, creepy pasta dimension that kids 
kids sneak into or disillusioned adults sneak into because they become convinced that that's where their wife went. And maybe, yeah. and maybe it's maybe your wife just left you, dude. Maybe she had some other issues. Maybe she went to go find another woman and you just don't know it. Yeah, that, that's the aspect of this that, um, you know, Roadside Picnic and is so specific about like, here's where the zone is. Here's what it represents. Here's where it's from. And like Roadside Picnic is all very concerned with like, what would it mean uh, for like, aliens to visit would even change anything could it even change anything uh here yeah like there's some imagery that's borrowed but for the most part what's kind of interesting is at least so far there is no explanation somehow a very small like group of kids have access to this like other side uh that they sort of go in through uh the thing they do in the show is they sort of go to different floors in an elevator uh, and punch in the right code to eventually like get to a place that they want to be in the, <laughs> the, bit, uh, the bit in where the they zone. stop at one of the elevators and uh, there's like one of the one of like several creepy designs like in that second episode. It's like, oh, well, that wasn't supposed to be there. Like as the, <laughs> as the creature rushes them and just casually like pressing the elevator mm. button. That was a that was a very good. Well, that was a very good bit. Yeah. Well, it. Yeah. It's a play on like the elevator game sort of urban legend, right? That like if you hit a certain number of um like a certain sequence of of numbers in the elevator, you will like enter another yeah, or bloody mary, right? Like or, or you look will, at like, a, look at a look look into a yeah. mirror and say bloody mary three times and she she'll be like all all those sorts of uh like I ate that shit up when I was a kid. Like that stuff's really fun and like the fact that this show is essentially yeah, what if it was all true, though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, like, but nobody knows about it because, like, you have T- Toriko who has access to she's gone fully into red selling shit on the black market. Right. Yeah. Like, that's what she's representing is like very uh, the the sort of the stalkers who are just going in th- to pillage this place and bring it back. Uh, to this part carries over. They're bringing it back to a university contact. Yep. <laughs> uh, who is who is still in the market for for this? Um, whereas like Sora appears to have been using it just as a place to like hide from the world. But the other part of that's kind of cool. If we're doing the Ghostbusters analogy, like uh, Toriko, yeah, there's a bit of red. There's also a bit of Venkman. Where it's like, fuck it, we'll just figure it out. Uh, Sora being the person who's very analytical and like, no, this this place does have roles. We just need to figure out what they are. Uh, and so the the dynamic there that we see is like she's constantly sort of trying to puzzle apart what is the narrative logic undergirding like each monster uh, that exists in the zone. And sort of that, that difference too, where you've got sort of the... Uh, more casual uh, devil may care approach of Toriko and the more analytical approach of Sora uh, makes for a kind of cool contrast, especially because then this becomes their dynamic, right? Where in terms of their feelings for each other, uh, Toriko is sort of your classic. uh, She's an extroverted character with a, in the, like, in the world of this, uh, in the sort of analogies for the story, she has a romantic past. The implications are Sora doesn't. And so the other aspect of this is like, Toriko is this deeply uninhibited, uh, quick acting, quick feeling sort of character. And Sora, her whole dynamic is very reserved, very hesitant, very scared of uh, like having a risk turn out poorly. And I think that's the, I like that's the aspect of this that 
I am really intrigued to see how it plays out is sort of this. Uh, I can sort of see the stakes they're putting down for issues. The relationship will have to navigate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm kind of just eager to get past the part where it's like, I was like, I was very frustrated where it still seemed to be playing the game of like, could you have feelings for Toriko? And I'm like, <laughs> look at what show you're in. Let's get to the next part. <laughs> it's like, the question is, what are we going to do with these feelings? But like the whole like, oh, gee, like blush. I can't believe. Sorry. Uh, I eat that shit up. Oh yeah. That God. is delicious. This is slow burn delicious shit now. Delicious slow burn. Yeah, it's like not two 20 get... minute episodes. Like, I'm like, what do you, what do you want? How fast do <laughs> you want the show to go, Rob? Yeah. They ain't gonna confess their they love until a- season three. Easy. Yeah. That's true. That's <laughs> they need true. like a, six a or seven more. Yeah, six or seven more near death experiences. Yeah. to really yep. get there. I think we might get to like an accent of like brushing of the hand, and like one of them thinks about squeezing it, uh, like as a season finale. Like, oh no, she got so close to holding it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good food. I don't know. I think the minute I think the minute you got Sora being like, well, I don't even want to find your lost friend Satsuki. Who the fuck is Satsuki? <laughs> I was like, all right, like it's uh. <laughs> let's let's call it a day on the do you want to be with this person uh, thing? Because you are this close to being like, I hope she's dead. <laughs> she was just having some other issues, Rob. It had nothing to do with who her friend was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did enjoy the, the the arc of the character they find in the second episode who sort of like acts as the stalker, kind of like a stalker stand in, like right down throwing the, the zone. Nuts. Yeah. Huh? Throwing the yeah. nuts to trigger. Yeah, yeah, as soon as I saw that, Marked I, I, I first throwing like, yes! bolts and shit. <laughs> um, well, on some level, like that, that I think that's neat in terms of like uh, something taking a loose premise and, and doing something different with it. And then having that sort of callback, whether it's yeah. I don't know if that's just like a fan, like a like a, an Easter egg for like people who know the original source material or that'll become you know like critical going forward. I have no idea. But like that was a really fun like fist pump moment. Of like, oh, I know, you know, the the, the Leonardo DiCaprio, like I, you know, pointing at the TV screen. Yeah. Like, I yes. Know what that yes. Is. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I liked I'd be curious where the show goes with this going forward. It at least in the two episodes, it doesn't answer whether the guy was right or wrong. He came to the zone. Yeah. He solved some puzzles about the zone and got to the zone by doing, you know, I don't know, deep dive <laughs> internet research uh, into, you know, the occult, I guess. But this, he doesn't actually know if his wife is there. Like he, he doesn't actually know that she's there. And that just becomes like a reason for him to get lost in the zone. And that, that ends up tying into sort of like themes and conversations we had about, previous adaptations of like this, the source material, like, well, what draws people there? Why are they there? Are they there because they're trying to become rich? They're, they're interested in the knowledge that you can glean from it. Um, or is it just like what, you know, and then once you're there, like there's, there's with that guy, I got strong, actual, like similarities between where I felt with the end of our main character at roadside picnic, where it's like, he's just here. Cause he's here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, it feels like this man clearly when his wife, either left him or disappeared, was kidnapped by interdimensional goblins. Like, I'm not sure what happened to her and maybe we'll never get an answer on that. But he found the zone became like a reason to live. It's like, here is a thing for me to solve and explore. It's a reason to get up every day, even if it's not necessarily healthy for him moving forward, because he doesn't even actually know 
that he's that she's there. He had there's the line he has, you know, more or less of like, well, I don't know where she went, but like she wouldn't have left me. She wouldn't have done that. And then he's like, so she must have been she must have been kidnapped by goblins and like taken to to this place, which it seems plausible that that is true. Um, like it wouldn't shock me if like part of the the like uh the way it adapts this is that, you know, this is almost sort of like a parallel dimension in which, like, these creatures are, like, interacting with us in a way that we don't even know. I won't be shocked if that's where we land and this guy actually was looking in the right place. But I guess it's also possible that, Wait, you know, he's just... Do you think we're ever going to get any answers about that, given what happens I in mean, the 80s? <laughs> yeah, I mean, specifically with this character. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I mean yeah, maybe I mean, we'll meet a character's, like... Yeah, I ended up here and I realized I didn't want to go back to my piece of shit husband or something. <laughs> Actually, that could happen, sure. Or I've been looking I, for I my husband a, a way out to get back, back to my husband. Oh, <laughs> what? You saw him get fucking owned? <laughs> oh. He could be fine. That's true. That's true. He just disappeared Look, in a weird we know, way. We don't know what happens when uh, Lady Hashku uh, like, hoovers <laughs> you up into the Phantom Zone. Maybe you're fine. Maybe oh, you just yeah. end up back at home and it's super chill. <laughs> uh, Doesn't seem super chill. But no, that, that part it, did. It, it, it was it was fun, though. I thought this was going to be like a character that might come back for a bit, given that they gave us all the story about him searching for his wife. Like, so specifically, I was like, oh, this will be a B, a B plot throughout the series. And then he just. Mm-hmm. He gets fucking got in a way that does not feel like he's coming back to me, at least. <laughs> or or you, we wouldn't want him. He wouldn't be useful to us yeah, anymore. Yeah. Um, whatever form that he has taken on in the spirit realm uh, is is not one that's going to help our characters love each other or even progress yeah. uh, in, in, in the zone. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I read that character as like, oh, this is one that'll pop in and out of the series at convenient times to help our main characters like survive a trap or something mm. um but then instead the show is just like nope nope get fucked he's gone <laughs> goodbye well he did teach them an important lesson so mm-hmm. and there can only be it can only be the two of them that's the only way that this romance is going to continue to foster so Mm, the opening credit scenes certainly suggest there might be a third a third wheel uh coming into the picture <laughs> at some point. Uh so I I'm I'm skeptical. It could be that there's some some maybe jealousy that will enter the picture. Who can who can mm. say? Uh really. I mean, well, once you've realized you have feelings, you know, sometimes you don't know where to direct those feelings. That seems that seems normal. That seems that seems completely natural. I'm gonna defend <laughs> I'm gonna defend my girl on this front. You're like, you gotta figure yourself out. The one, uh, so I think they're struggling a bit to, um, and lots of people have a lot of creepypasta. Like it, it, it works because, like, in the form, like where you're reading it on a on a forum or something, and like, man, here's a crazy thing I've heard about, or here's a story about a thing that happened. Uh, I think the I think the show is. Having like we've seen two episodes, mixed results in bringing these things to life. I would say the second monster was super effective uh, in terms of like how it tricked them and how it trapped them. Mm -hmm. Um, The reveal that the character who was figuring it out and being like, no, look out, it's a trap was in fact enthralled to the monster seeing uh, it was Sora seeing Toriko uh, be like 
seduced by the monster when in fact it was Sora uh, who was completely under its influence. That was cool. That part got me. Uh, the wiggle waggle. I don't know, guys. <laughs> it's more that it's like it's ill-defined. I I just don't like I don't know what it is, what it can do. Like at least like the the the, the creature in the second episode, like I had a pretty well-defined understanding like what it was. And mm-hmm. I, I guess I just still don't know. With the, and maybe that maybe has to maybe become more what? clear the going wiggle, forward. But the wiggle waggle makes you go mad if you look at it too long. Yeah, you get you. It looks at it a long time. <laughs> you get rain. You start to grow a reindeer out of your eyeballs <laughs> if, you, if you spend too much too much time. You turn into one of those <laughs> fucking Left for Dead zombies and get fungus. Yeah, <laughs> spores. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what's yeah. coming out of their face. <laughs> but I, like that's the that's one other thing I'm I'm kind of curious about here is like. If there's a monster of the week element to this, I'm hoping for slightly like more of that second monster, please. Yeah. A little yeah. bit more of the like the the monster having like a cool relationship to sort of the psychological terrain both the characters happen ha- inhabit, and maybe a little bit less of the wiggle waggle, like basically one character is going to zone out and read the game facts on the monster (laughs) while the other is like, what do we do? Uh, Yeah. Like that a little less successful. And also, yeah, it was interestingly enough. I thought it was way creepier was when um, Sora looked out the uh, looked outside the peephole to her apartment. Like that moment Mm -hmm. where they're, they're hiding on her apartment. There's the pounding on the door and she looks through it's just a blue field. And Tariko just immediately gun drawn. Uh, that part so was good. The gun, the gun, how, did, how did the gun not come up? I was like, that my, like several times I just I just wrote in my notes, gun, and I put an exclamation mark. It just and cracked me up. There is no way. I, I posted about this. Like, there is no way this, like, somebody in this project didn't play Stalker. Because the fact that she's like, Sora's like, is that a gun? And Tariko's like, relax. It's just a Makarov. Yeah, it's the most I, fucking I, stalker gamer ass thing to say. It's so good. I love Tariko. She uh, fucking rules. She's so Sora, good. it's low tier. Yeah. <laughs> I also love how it comes back to like, you didn't report me for having a gun because they're fucking like illegal in Japan. So that's how I know you like that you're chill. Is <laughs> yeah. very good. So here's one for you, too. Yeah, so here's another one. So now we can both have them. It's nuts. I mean, it's also just very funny that, like, the first way in which Tariko, like, gets rid of the wiggle waggle is with the rock salt. And then the second and then now they're using guns against these, like, (laughs) monstrous psychological beings. It's just, like, trying to find... The thing is, you have to abandon logic in this world. I think that's like the way to just enjoy it. <laughs> and maybe eventually the show will reveal itself and re- reveal some through line of like how these things work. But mostly if you just like chill and vibe, I think, you know, you're going to have a good time and enjoy Sararu's Sor- yearning. Yearning for Tariko. <laughs> that's the sub. That's the subtitle for for for, for, for this, other for side this adaptation. Picnic. Yeah, other side yeah. picnic. Just chill and throw, vibe and enjoy Tariko's or Sarah's yearning. Yeah. Also, uh, Natalie, every time you accidentally call it midnight picnic, I do think about like, man, if Midnight <laughs> Diner crossed over with the Stalker verse, though, that could be cool. That I'd be could be that. cool. 
<laughs> I don't know why I have Midnight Picnic in my head. I don't know where it's coming from. Who could say? Maybe there's another adaptation yet to be made. Well, there's that other one. Heard some things about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much. Okay. Um, what does that mean? What other like, one? Made in Abyss. Uh, some Somebody wrote in, uh, and I heard this one called, like, Kato had raised some reservations just about, like, what it sounds like in terms of content and just, like, overall vibe. Uh, and it does sound kind of, uh, kind of rough. Um, like, there's a lot of, uh, it sounds like there's a lot of, like, trauma being evoked pretty irresponsibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and characters just being like, like they go, the, the, the show fully goes in like kind of a sadistic torture porn direction, uh, in a way that like would be real tough for us to vibe with. Yeah. So it just does not sound, it, it, it does not sound like our shit. Um, and so we had, we had a couple people sort of send in, uh, concerns. Uh, I'll just shout out, uh, Chloe here in particular uh, for for just saying that the moment uh, created an ah shit here we go again moment uh, for <laughs> them uh, and yeah the the highlights are not only does it creepily sexualize its really young child characters in a way that feels oh. extra grimy but there's a lot of fetishy content around um, uh, and then we we'll, we don't need to get I'm into good. that yeah I'm good so <laughs> I'm good I think we can I think we can probably strike maiden abyss uh from from the uh from from the list i I know a couple of people were like yeah you should check out maiden abyss i might still do that maybe i'll report back uh (laughs) that's true because you've you've these like non-chill vibes are frequently my vibe and so (laughs) (laughs) um uh so maybe i get maybe i can go watch a couple and report back to see uh where where it lands uh wow, they're I, I making just, a live action version of it i saw that what? i saw that what? that's um of maiden abyss we, I, uh-huh yes uh-huh huh. and there's a second season of other side picnic i think that's supposed to be next year um so i think that's already already happening i don't know how mm. far along the anime first season gets in in terms of the manga um but also uh, part of part of the rumblings i had heard was that the show is pretty rough but then what really like throws it off the deep end is like one of the follow-up movies uh after the show stopped in season 1 um so you might not you yeah. might not find anything too bad unless you go mm. see the movie but i've been told to stay away from the movie and kind of like just do not do not watch do not interact on the scene. other hand yeah so now i have a funimation trial membership oh my god mm-hmm. and my goodness i feel like a bounty is open to me now there's a lot uh, of anime on there yeah there's so much anime on there it's great <laughs> like stuff i haven't seen ages like escaflone what are you doing here <laughs> maybe i should watch escaflone Rob, Rob it's a good fucking anime. His, his his high school uh, reunion, but except they're all represented by by anime characters. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'm gonna live a lifetime in these two weeks of a Funimation trial until, until you forget until you forget to renew to cancel your account. And then they charge you that for money. thirty days. This is why I've still got that Verve subscription. Need to turn that shit off. Oh but, fuck the Verve subscription! That was so damn. long ago. Damn. 
Rob, and then Rob well, mocks the, Aren't you using the like, high dive part of Verve? Wait, isn't Funimation included in Verve, or was that just high dive? No, it's just Crunchyroll. And oh, Crunchyroll. Other one, other one. Yeah. But also, Between, one of those is basically don't, doesn't have shit on it anymore. And then there's well, some weird, like, nerd culture shows that I'm not into. It looks like Shudder's gone. Like, I think that was originally part of the offering, where it's like, and you like horror. Right. And uh, now, like, there, sure. that shit ain't there anymore. Uh, so now yeah, basically I'm just holding on that reservation because like you know what at some point we're going to finish Polar Bear Cafe uh, <laughs> and <laughs> maybe we should all watch Polar Bear Cafe uh, it's uh, Polar Bear Rob, Cafe whatever you, Rob vote, trying yes. to justify his uncancelled subscription through through content and then he can be like and oh then God. I can funnel in an expense report <laughs> for the last Jason, 18 I months need, I need you to reimburse these 24 months of Verve <laughs> really been doing my research everything yeah everything verb yeah you're right verb used to have like shutter used to have like a, a good 15 different quote-unquote channels on it i'm yeah. looking at it now it's cartoon hangover crunchy roll mondo and rooster teeth uh, grim. <laughs> what the fuck what happened the rooster there tip don't even got genlock anymore genlock season two is over on on uh, uh, hbo on max HBO. yeah yeah wow shout outs to verve I guess. <laughs> don't I will, don't I sign say, up for it. Uh, you um, you mentioned the creepy pasta stuff, and you know wh- whether it did or didn't hit for you. I uh, cannot uh, highly recommend uh, enough the uh, the sci fi. Uh, it was several seasons, four seasons. Um, Channel Zero. Uh, if you watch mm. any of Channel Zero, uh, Danielle Rando was a big champion of that show as well back in the day. Go wa- watch the fourth season, Dream Door. You've you've maybe seen the creepy uh clown adjacent uh villain at the at the heart of that uh one maybe it'll ring some bells uh, if you watch it but it is it is really fucking good um it's only six episodes long it's it's pretty pretty easy to shotgun but that show did a i thought a pretty exceptional job overall of adapting what is usually just uh uh you know short stories you should read on reddit and send to your friends um <laughs> and and not actually expand into uh a larger narrative um but I, I thought the dream door especially was was really really good you know what this kind of reminded me of actually also to give another sideways shout out uh fringe the like uh mm-hmm. show where they're investigating paranormal uh like situations and yeah it was, really it was a very modern more... x-files yeah um, yes in a lot of yes ways. i really love that but show like, when it was more on fun and less horror yes exactly and something about the way that it the, that other side picnic used the monsters to kind of give us insight into the relationships of the characters. Fringe has a very similar setup, especially in its later seasons about like the crises being very specific about the relationships that those characters are in. Um, good show, Fringe. I should go back and watch Fringe. Jesus. Uh, the problem is like you then go back and look at like how one of the things you forget about when they used to make network TV yeah. was just how many fucking episodes were oh, in a God. season. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like true. we've gotten, we've gotten used to, you know, I will, you know, credibly, you know, defend. I think shows are too long these days. We're like, it's like just you can do an hour. Doesn't have to be an hour and twenty minutes. It's not a movie. It's a TV show. But but then you know something like Fringe, even if it's forty two minutes, you know, without the ads, it's like yeah, but you're looking at like twenty three episodes a season, or you know, and shit. Like yeah, but all the sometimes stuff just enters that like mentalist zone though, where it's like. It's just a it's just a beautiful banquet laid out for you, where yeah. it's like there's the can there's the sort of uh serial storing storytelling parts of it and then they're the standalones and you just feed well so fringe i fell off fringe 
despite it being exactly my shit and like the height of my interest in like anything J.J. Abrams touches. Um, and also shout outs to my friend Chris Tilton, who's a composer who he did the music for that whole series. Um, oh, nice. uh, sorry, Chris, I didn't I didn't watch the whole series. Wow. Um, but that <laughs> I that sh- that show as it became like more like as the viewership fell the viewership that that stuck around were interested in like the lore mythology wrapping up like all that stuff and like get rid of the monster all the stuff stuff that jj abrams just fucking kills uh (laughs) (laughs) but i i fell off the show before they just said screw it we're not gonna uh, pander to the wider audience anymore we're just gonna focus in on the people who want to know how this story like wraps up and like with the I forget what the, the the what are the characters that like are watching Earth from like the different dimension. Like I, I forget the the name of yeah, those uh, characters. Those guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, those guys. But Kyle, I heard it actually ends. I heard it ended yeah. really well. Yes, I heard, I heard yes. that show like actually had a, a really good finale um, from a mythology and from a, a character perspective. Yeah, they so. absolutely lean strong into like. It focuses down a lot, right? Once there's like yeah. less viewers, there's like oh, we don't have to make as many like the there's fewer episodes i think in the last season in yep. the last two actually or not just the last one last one only had 13 i guess the others are like 20 and 22 23 in season two of yeah. hour long right hour longs don't yeah. have that many episodes a season anymore no um, no but yeah god i no i just remember loving that show as it as it was coming out back in the early 2010s god what is time <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. you know what else other side picnic made me realize and here's a little shout out uh persona 4 i'm never finishing that <laughs> uh i'd like to i keep thinking like you know i could finish that someday no I Rob, can't. just just I'll play always. uh shin megami tensei 5 instead it's newer absolutely not i'm not <laughs> i'm not falling down that I, like I don't know what that game did. I heard it just trick you. It was like it was like watching somebody be seduced by Lady uh, uh, Hashiku. Uh, yeah, because because you, you're mm. like, oh, I hate I hate Shimigami Tensei Five. This sucks. It's miserable. Wait, I love it. I want to I I wanted to Hoover me up into <laughs> into the abyss. Uh, and then yeah, you, it's, you it's and like, were both gone. There there are like fewer things easier to do than to give Rob a compelling pitch on a game that he will absolutely never finish, but will purchase and put about four hours into and then drop before he moves on <laughs> to the next shiny object. And somehow you both of you threw up enough red flags that even Rob was able to go, no, not well, not. That's, not touching that's the that issue. You gotta get past uh hour eight at least probably before it really sinks in. No. Hold on. No. I mean, Oops. I think for as far as like RPG JRPG discourse has gone, remember the the day of like 30 hours to get good in Final Fantasy 13? Like 10 hours is a fucking gift these days, you know? No, but no, but, but, <laughs> but that was never a real But you thing. keep moving forward in lightning Final <laughs> Fantasy 13. Like this is a game, like that game, your whole pitch was like, would you like to get kicked in the balls for like eight hours, not feel good about yourself? And like usually like that's frequently a compelling pitch to me on a video game. But the, the way you the way you both talked about it was like, ah, your soul has been drained. Um, like I'm good. Like don't need to do that. Don't need that in it's my life. It's fucked up because they give you like they give you some fucking tools that I they should just give you right away. But the second you mm-hmm. have those things, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, this is the game I'm jiving with now. Like this fucking rules now. Um, the the one big thing being a fucking teleport. Like you can instantly teleport to the last save point you used. Uh, uh but mm. you don't get that until like hour eight, 
ish. And at that point, that really takes off a lot of the friction because you can save basically whenever you want, even if you have to kind of trek back out to where you were exploring before. Um, but yeah, the the it's it's mostly also because I played four, and four had a lot of backstops. If you died in four and had money, you could pay your way out of death. Like you would pay Sharon, and he'd be like, "Yeah, I'm busy anyways. Yeah, you can just go back to Earth." <laughs> Damn, um, and in the game, uh, and you can also hit hit the fucking menu button and save anywhere you want in in four. And so, like, it, I think it hit extra hard how harsh and stingy they are with the saves at the beginning of five. But it opens up when they like give you the teleport that you can go back to the save point whenever you want. So. I think it's Hey, speaking hmm. of people recommending we give things a shot that we're absolutely not going to. <laughs> uh so for our upcoming Waypoint 101, shout outs to Jared. You mentioned doing a Halo Waypoint 101. I would like to recommend doing Marathon instead. <laughs> there are a lot of similarities between Halo and Marathon. Shit. Like Doom, Shit. Marathon is open source. Unlike you don't, Doom, you, 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 don't the game ha, you don't have to read the rest too. of the letter. Rob, I'm already on board. That's already a, that's a much yes. better pitch than than playing Halo. I got I got to admit, I've never played Marathon. I've always wanted to. Oh, oh no, I should have done it. I was like, I was like, no. Fuck. The only person who'd be intrigued by this on this podcast is me. I'm the only no. person who's no, like, no, no, where no, do no, Halo? No, 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 no. Might as well start back with Marathon. No, let's go. Uh, let's go. Let's play Marathon. They re- they they re- they updated to play those games Halo, not that long ago. <laughs> you can do that, Kato. No one is stopping you. You can. We can have a, a side detour on that one on one. Like, what did Kato think of Halo Combat Evolved? <laughs> while Rob, while Rob and Patrick talk about the terminals and Marathon. Oh my yep. God. Okay, I love so this for you all. everyone brace brace yourselves for for Marathon. Uh, Nick asks. What is the worst medium by which to receive a communique? Letter, phone call, phone message, text. Uh, to give some meat to the question, let's assume the message is of neutral, slightly and neutral to slightly inconvenient severity slash impact. Facebook Messenger. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Most cursed. <laughs> I don't even open that shit. Yeah. If it's something I check, like if it's yeah, if it's the most cursed thing I can think of, Facebook Messenger, one hundred percent. If it's something that like I check, I would say Instagram DMs because Instagram DMs uh, is terrible because it forces <laughs> you to have red receipts on. So people know when, yes, you cannot turn off red receipts in Instagram DMs. Jesus. Because Instagram's owned by Facebook. That's anyway. fucking sadistic. It sucks. So if somebody messages you on Instagram and you open it, they know you've seen it and there's nothing you can do to change that. So So the minute uh, you open it and you're like, I need a minute, you're on the clock. You're on the clock. Tough to beat. Hate that. Hate yeah. That. Instagram DMs is the worst. See, uh, my, for me, it's a voicemail. That is just like, Ooh. don't do it. Oh, I no. like voicemail. I, I was going to say, I love voicemail because I can get that 
get to that on my own time, and the whole all the information I'll need will be in that e- if they do it. No, right. but hold on, you yeah, yeah, can't wait. Can't code. wait to can't wait to read a garbled fucking transcript, and then <laughs> then have to listen to it to fill in the gaps. So double check the phone number that is like attached to that voicemail. That's like, true. But I don't know if it. Tra- I don't know if the robot transcribed it correctly. I don't um, trust the fucking like transcriptions I, at all. I'm listening to exactly. That. Then what's then what's then st- then just give me a text. Like the voicemail <laughs> is basically, can I listen to it? Can I listen to a text message? And it's like, no, I don't want to do that. There's an expectation of a more immediate response from a text that a voicemail doesn't have that I appreciate. Like even without reader receipts on, there's a certain amount of like, have you seen this fucking text I sent you? You don't send a text without being like, get back to me in a week. But like, if you leave me a voicemail, I might get back to you by the next weekend or something, maybe. And then it'll be fine. If it's more urgent, you'll call me again. <laughs> wow, Kato's so at home with. See, the, the, I think it's just the what we, the energy we got to bring uh, to our <laughs> communication media. Uh, I think for me, the answer probably now is email, which pisses me off because honestly, email would be the best way to get message like messages like this. Like, this is a good use case for email. Who is yeah. she? It's bad news. Could have been an email. I don't know. But her. the problem is that email now is such a shit show of like just nonstop spam and marketing Yeah. that the odds of like, if it's neutral, but slightly inconvenient, but like still something maybe I should, I should be aware of. Uh, I'm probably not going to be aware of it through email and that bugs me. Uh, but like just, I'm probably going to miss it. And then two weeks later, someone's gonna be like, didn't you know about that bad thing? And I'll be like, I should have, I just never, I just never typed bad thing into Gmail search, uh, to, and then maybe I would have found it. Mm, yeah. Did you get that and thing I'm off. I sent you? What? Did you get that thing I sent you? Ah, I thought you like actually just sent me something. I was like, no, I didn't no. Just come in. no. This is a test to see like which one we're paying attention to. Um, okay. Waz has a very good notion. Do you think Playground Games ever does a Forza Horizon game that is a dark satirical tale about the idea of a bunch of rich car enthusiasts showing up in a country to host their festival, wherein they seemingly take over by setting up these massive festivals all around the area and drive normal pedestrian traffic off the road and crash through their property and ruin their historical monuments? Uh, I can't (laughs) help but think, what if they made a secret horror game, Forza Horizon? Like where the game is like deadpan, just like, woo, Horizon Festival, we're driving our cars. And like secretly the entire thing is a horror game. I feel like you have to play from the perspective of the people living there being suddenly beset. And you can hear in the distance the radios blasting, welcome to the Horizon Fest, as they come speeding through your town. I would just just love the notion like everyone's playing their little car game. And then like. Some people start getting stalked by something that's killing them and like deleting them from the game world. <laughs> like, and just never talk about it. Just never talk about it. Like, it's happening. It's in the world. And it never registers enough as like, this is a known issue. You never acknowledge that it's happening. It's on Game Pass. You can do this. Fuck them. <laughs> but like, you just have here and there people getting killed by some sort of like nemesis like monster who is hunting them down in the car game. Maybe it takes the form of like the duel. Uh, Steven Spielberg's the duel. Like maybe mm. you see like a rusted out truck tracking you down and it's like, Oh shit. Like I've never seen that truck before in this world. And then you're just, you're, you're just done. Um, I think of a few different ways to go, but that's what I would love to see is like a game that's just straight up 
appears to be any sort of generic live service game and then secretly is something else. That's what I'm here for. That sounds pretty good. I'll play that game. I feel like it's so hard to... I'd watch you play that game. Yeah. I feel like it's so hard <laughs> to pull that sort of thing off these days with the way that marketing wants to make sure people know exactly what they're getting into. Um, it's like when they told everyone Predator was coming to Ghost Recon. <laughs> it's like you don't tell people Predator's coming to Ghost Recon. Predator's just there. Yeah, it disappears. Oh, God. All right, final question. Alexa asks, what's worse, a burger that is too big for the bun or a bun that is too big for the burger? Burger too big. Burger that's too big for the bun. Burger too big. Burger too big for the bun that's because you- then, then you get soggy burger and nothing is worse than soggy burger, also, in my humble opinion. Big in what direction? Because if it's too wide, imagine trying to grab I, that thing. <laughs> like I was imagining out. too wide, yeah. Yeah. Just get your After a certain point, it doesn't matter. I think that point about the burger just getting so wet, like even if it's a tall burger, but it fits in the bun. Yeah. Like once those juices come out, like that that bun is done. <laughs> and you're just gonna be like, uh, I'm just now just holding cheese and filling and like <laughs> lettuce is shooting everywhere. Yeah, you just need to eat it. Like there are there are certain <laughs> if I were Patrick, it. I would just eat it. Well, yeah, I would simply like, use there, a fork a- and knife. No way! <laughs> fuck that! Like the there there is this, there is this burger uh, joint uh, that we really like that's that's near us, and the burgers are sloppy, but they're tremendous. And so it's I always eat them in two halves. It's like to, to fully clean my hands is such an ordeal, but because once you started, once you started the process of eating, because <laughs> it goes everywhere, your hands are just full of gunk, and so. Eating the entire big burger is just a really big commitment over like, I guess I'm just going to eat 12 bites over the next 10 minutes and just hold this burger. So I'll eat half of it, then like fully wash my hands clean, eat some of the sides, like, and then go back to the burger Mm. for the second half. Mm. Because you can't, you just can't take a break. Like your hands are functionally useless. Like, like you can't, um, and especially, this is especially true, like being there with kids. It's like, I can't do anything with this baby because I am full of meat juice Can you just and wipe everything the meat else juice off on thing. the baby the baby's gonna be covered in food anyway. i could i absolutely could you know, like, she pat, might pat, even just pat, drink, pat, she might pat, just pat, drink pat. the meat juice yeah <laughs> that's why you know what that's why she threw up this morning it's like uh all those all those oh. meat juices i'm just 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 slopping on her <laughs> well that's a wrap for today's episode of waypoint radio uh if you want more from waypoint you can follow us on twitter at waypoint on facebook and youtube waypoint vice you can follow me on twitter at rob zachney patrick where can people find you and your meat juice uh i hate that. uh you can follow me at patrick Kubik, and you can also write in your questions about the matrix because we're gonna watch that uh and record a podcast episode uh, about it on on wednesday with keith jackson so uh, gamingadvice.com subject title the matrix we're gonna watch the first one and then we're gonna watch two and three together as part of a separate podcast. So if you want to write it's a podcast, a lot of movie uh, for two and three. <laughs> Dude, we're not gonna do one for each. We had this discussion. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. But you would have said that about Ava. Where there's a will, there's a way. As long as you don't go over it plot beats and just talk big picture, bigger picture. Um, Besides, reload, third, you can pretty much skip over ninety percent of what happens in Reloaded. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Revolutions is where the text actually picks up. Anyway. That's that's true. That's true. <laughs> Natalie, where can people find you? Uh at Natalie Watson on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh don't message Natalie on Instagram. 
Just don't do it. And, and <laughs> if and if you do, don't be fucking weird about reply times. The fuck is wrong with you? Kato. If you follow me on Instagram, your only job is to like my uh, vain selfies. That's it. <laughs> Kato, where can people find you? At a underscore Kato underscore appears. Apologies to never answering any of my fucking Twitter DMs. I never see them. <laughs> I get to them eventually. I simply do not see it. I simply when, no, do not won't. see it. No, you won't. You, I, I will get to them eventually. No, you when won't. it's when it's time for Kato to respond to something, Kato disappears. Uh, is, <laughs> is is the fact? Kato disappears. Yeah. Uh, and you can check out what we published on waypoint.vice.com. Uh, we've got a bunch of stuff up there. I am sure. Uh, I did not. It's, I, I turned out not to love or even like Battlefield 2042. If I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, still playing to try to figure out like maybe it's me. Maybe I just don't understand what's there yet. I'm still working. Eh, on it, I don't. I, I've seen uh, your your thoughts of the game seem to have lined up with a lot of people that, or at least that I follow and know. Um, but also the same takeaway of like, well, at least they did that Battlefield Portal thing because it seems like that'll probably salvage everything long term. <laughs> well, yeah, it's. I would say the implementation of it seems very uneven so far. Um, there's, sure. a, there's a weird thing happening there too, but we'll we'll see how it all evolves uh, in the in the live environment. Uh, and obviously, Natalie and I are going to be uh, finishing Inscription, uh, possibly even tomorrow. We're just on that much of a roll, yeah. uh, and that's all made possible uh, by Waypoint Plus. You can go to waypointplus.com to subscribe and learn more. That supports our streams and also gives you access to the premium feed, where uh, you can hear. Uh, me, Dia, and Alex and Patrick talk about manhunting, not manhunting, manhunter on the show. Manhunting. <laughs> wow. Point what, is, have been, what have we been doing on that podcast? <laughs> it's very, it's very meta. Today, the gang finds the Zodiac killer. <laughs> uh, this week, real dog the bounty hunter. Actually, we're signing up and we're tracking. We're doing no. citizen arrests here on Waypoint now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, this we go the Stalker 101, and then of course very soon uh, coming up we've got the Matrix podcast. So be sure and check those out. Our theme music is by Bowen. The tracks "Miss You" off the EP "Pale Machine." Learn more at waypoint.zone slash boen. Trying to go too fast now, getting a little tongue tied. Doesn't matter. Uh, that's us calling time on today. We'll talk to you again on Friday. Until then, fuck capitalism. Go home. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Okay, Kata, okay. All right, I'm just going to do an, I'm going to do an intro and uh-huh. we're just, we're just going to roll with it, okay? We have to clap still, right? Yeah, we do. Okay. <laughs> <I think> wait. <laughs>
I was just thinking. I was just okay. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we need uh, to. All right. uh, we didn't do a throw. Is everyone ready? So you're 20. 20? Yeah. All right. <laughs> check, 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 test. Okay. Gato? All good. You're never you're never allowed to have a La Colombe uh coffee like canned latte again before recording. No, but you're, I like them. It is it is like we gave a baby a mocha. <laughs> you are you, you are just like off the walls. Uh all right. Let's go to time.is. Probably shouldn't have drank it as quickly as I did. No, that seems ill advised. I don't do that with normal coffee. Are we chugging coffee? Chugging Cotto a lot cologne we, we, caramel we draft the, um, latte. We is a uh, Damn. not sure the term I use. Damn. It's like that. All right. Uh, uh, here we go to time.is. The pattern on Natalie's shirt is dazzling. There's like a <laughs> It's doing weird stuff. It's to the just webcam. a. It's just yeah. a. Webcam's a just having a good old freak out. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> it's just like. Woo. All right. Um, uh, yeah, time to I'm ready. Right. Internet. I'm also ready. Don't fail. Uh, should we go at three seconds? Sure. Nope, because time dot is won't load. Okay, yes, I'm ready. Nope, it Wait. skipped right, one. Sorry, seconds. it skipped a second. <laughs> All right, hold. Stop, everybody. Stop. Everybody stop. No, stop it. <laughs> Patrick, you're just making this take longer. I will I turn this podcast you act around. Like you act like I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> 28 seconds. We have McDonald's at home. There Who we go. McDonald's Ooh, at home. We're leaving it? Yeah, that was way off. Who came in late? Natalie. Uh-oh. I... I heard myself clap first, Ooh. and then y'all like a oh, second she's just later. De- she's just desynced on the Discord end. Do you oh, want to okay. leave yeah, and join yeah. the call again, Natalie? And we'll what what uh what region are you guys on right now? Oh, it's probably not. It says automatic. Let's go yeah. to the middle. To central. Central. Yeah. Love the Midwest. All right now uh, we're in central. Yeah. Natalie's right, do you want to clap in again? No, it's fine. It's fine. Natalie, are you still here? All the cameras are messed up for me now. Hold on, I gotta just—I'm gonna rejoin this call. Are we? All right, everybody, just back? rejoin the call. Just everybody, oh, all your back. cameras are like okay, half. Bye. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. This is chaos. Have we all joined and rejoined at least once? We've all rejoined now. We're all it's <laughs> okay. All fixed. It's uh, everything. Yeah, good. this feels okay, good. Right? Now it looks—it looks normal again. Yeah. All right. Let's just okay. clap in one more one time. More clap? <laughs> uh, 42. 42. Right, good. Uh, Discord's just a little off. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Fine. It, was, it was fine. It was fine. All right. 